today. On the Go for Bronze podcast, the guys talk about the top games of 2022. They discuss their resolutions or lack thereof. I'm looking at you, Yoel. I'm looking at you. They also talk about the Callisto Protocol and their joy at completing it, plus much, much more. For that, here are the guys. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the GoFamones podcast, episode 12, the first of 2023, starting the year off right. I got my boy Ace Protocol, Mark Acevedo, with me. Yo. All right, Mark. So um, we got a jam-packed show today. We're looking back at some of our favorite games of last year. We got, we got some opinions to sh- share about Callisto Protocol. But what about you having zero resolutions? You, ha- you don't even have gaming resolutions? No. So that's more so a that's more so me just like kind of deciding not to comment. You know, people have New Year's resolutions every year. New Year, new, new, new me. me. They're going to do a bunch <laughs> of shit for a couple of days and then they're going to quit it or they're going to act like something is really going to change. I I am a firm believer of, you know, the saying that the best time to plant a tree, right, is like a thousand years ago. And the next best time is today or like tomorrow, whatever the case is. So just constantly. That's how it goes. Yeah. Constantly be changing. Do what you need to do. So I don't have any New Year's resolutions, anything grand, but I'll just continue on the on the path that I've been on. So where are you planting your seeds? What seeds are you, are you planting any seeds today? No, I don't you do anything new today. No, that's a, the whole point is that I, it's just, I'm continuing on the same path. What about you? Do you oh, have so resolutions? Just, um, I don't have resolutions. I just, you know, um, I just try to make sure every year is worse than the last. And I've been doing that pretty solidly for 25 years. It's about to be 26 by the end of the month. So I feel like my new year's doesn't start until my birthday. Cause my birthday is like the beginning of the year. So I don't really like the Jan- uh, January is kind of just like a limbo time. It's like, it doesn't exist the time. So my new year starts actually on uh, January 31st. That's when I will come in with my resolutions. Yeah, cause, cause the world revolves around you. That's the actual <laughs> new year. That's actually, <laughs> yeah. So you're the Joel, if you didn't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. And let's see, what do you got here? Yeah, you, so you were you weren't feeling the best, but you're feeling better now. I think so. I hope I sound better. I hope I don't sound too crummy for the audience. But uh, I've had a sinus infection, so I was just I felt like shit. I had to go to urgent care. I had to cancel my New Year's Eve plans. We were gonna hang out, get drunk, celebrate the New Year, and then no, none of that happened. I ended up just you know I ended up playing close to protocol all New Year's Eve is really what I spent the majority of the night doing. Then like five minutes till the ball dropped, I just put that on YouTube real quick and then bada bing, bada boom. So that was my New Year's. But uh, yeah, I was mostly sick. Uh, Pam's birthday was the 30th. Mark and Mark and Liz came over to Lakeland actually to hang out and celebrate that. And also a bunch of other friends too. Um, but we were sick through that. We, you know, powered through that. And then I feel like, power through that and then drinking twisted teas and Italian margaritas didn't make me feel the best for the weekend. It didn't set me up for, for success. Alcohol normally cures it, you know, comes in, kills all the germs, makes you feel better. That's what I always do. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But we did have hot toddies on New Year's Eve because we were like, we're looking around. I, I saw the, the bottle of whiskey we had, the monkey shoulder that we got that one time. And I, and I was like, we have basically just enough for like two drinks. And I was like, why don't we make hot toddies? We can't go into the new year completely sober. No, 
Absolutely not. So so we had a we had a hot toddy to, to bring in the new year, and it did actually work. It was a I've, it was the first time I had a hot toddy for medical reasons, and it actually did like open me up. Yeah, it was probably the tea, not the scotch that did it. <laughs> probably. Well, it wasn't tea because it was we just put whiskey in a in a pan, water. Uh, we didn't have honey, so we used simple syrup. You know, a little improvised, a little rosemary. Not rosemary, lavender, maybe one of those. One of these spices was in there, and I mean that's how we made our hot toddy. It's actually really good. I have an old recipe for that, and it's uh, you take the whiskey and you put the <laughs> bottle in a paper bag and you drink it. <laughs> that's how I made the hot toddies. So what you're describing is a little different. So uh, yeah, I like you just it. Put your it over fancy. the trash can fire, you warm it up a little bit, and then that's how you make oh, a hot toddy. Oh, that's that's the space heater is what we call it. Uh, the space heater, the trash can fire, I follow with you. The alleyway space heater, you know. Yeah, that's it. Hot toddies. Hot toddies. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I spent in, spent a new year. But um. I really don't have any much to say about this week, and it was kind of uneventful. Well, that's fine, because we've got a lot to talk about PlayStation-wise. That is true, but before we get into the news and all that such, do you want to you wanna discuss what we've been playing? You want to talk about everything outside of Callista Protocol, then we finish up on that, because I feel like we're going to have both have things to say. Yeah, we can finish up on that, I would say. So we'll, we'll go through what we're playing, save Callista last, but even with Callista, we will be quick and efficient and probably not get into it too much in depth because we would have so much to say and so we Mm -hmm. might just do a full spoiler cast and if we do that then you'll just hear everything there and we will post that separately but we can talk about overall kind of like what we were feeling with it and whatnot but in terms of the other games um fallout 76 is what i've been playing i know that when joel saw me playing it, he was like damn he must be going through it but i kind of like it in the sense that like you know people will hate it on it and it's been years that it's been getting supported and it's going to be the plus game for this month so i figure what better time to kind of hop back in and play it than now and try to you know none of the trophies are missable it's not a very difficult platinum and so i'm having fun with it it's really relaxing and low stress which is i think why i like it and it's been so long since a Fallout game that I'm just like it, it's it's enough where I'm still getting my fix for it. So, how long has it been since you? Because I feel like you've dabbled in it more than I have. Have you? Been, is this your first time going back into it when it has like the fully populated world with AI? So the first time I ever played the game was it already had AI in it. Oh, okay. So but yeah, that was you were, two you years never, ago. You were an early adopter to it. No, I mean, I did play it when it first came out a little bit, but But only a small amount. And then I waited two years and then I played a decent amount then. And then I just started a new character now. But I feel like now I will probably stick with it through the platinum completion because it doesn't seem that crazy now. And I think that maybe some other people are having similar feelings because some of the people on my friends list has has been hitting me up, messaging me like, hey, you want to do these trophies to get them together so i think yeah now is just a good time for it and it's been updated to a point where i mean i've been playing it for a couple of hours already and i haven't noticed any bugs anything wrong with it there's so much to do um it's pretty fun how does it feel though does it feel like a fallout game like the gameplay i mean the gameplay obviously but i mean like the the objectives and what you're doing to how do you progress is what i'm asking as somebody who's because i only played it the one time when it had no 
AI and I was like so bored and also confused on what exactly to do. So I was like, I'm just going to get out of this. This is not really my thing. Yeah. So it's kind of just like a, it's kind of just like Fallout 4. And if you go into the, if you go into the settings, you can manage your HUD and what pops up for you. So the way I have mine is whenever I get, it's a little bit chaotic. So some people might not like this, but for me, I have it where main quests I have become active, side quests, daily events, basically anything that is going on in the world that you can do, I have active. So it'll show up on the right side of my screen and I'll have like quest markers around the world. So I just walk around doing quests. You have a main quest, you have other side main quests, you have small side quests, you have like daily activities. And so when you're playing it, I mean, essentially just feels like a Fallout game, except every now and then you're going to see another player or you might get an invite to like go do an expedition, which is like a raid or somebody might shoot you and PvP might start, but you can turn that off too. So the way I'm playing it, it just feels like another Fallout game. I'm just doing single player quests. Some of them are with people and some of them are just with like computers, but it kind of just feels like a Fallout game. And then the other people in the game, can they like kind of like mess up your no are they can they be aggressive is it like gta online where like some random dude can just run up on you and just like murk you steal all your shit well same with gta you can put pacifist mode on and if you put pacifist mode on people can come up to you but they can't hurt you Mm, okay so i have pacifist mode on (laughs) and so if i want to do pvp i can turn it off and fight people but i just leave it on and so yeah when people come up to me they might interact with me a little bit or i might team up with them to do stuff but most of the time i'm just kind of playing it how I would play a single player Fallout game and then just people are just kind of like around. But it's not a ton of them because it's, I think, 24 players in a world and the map is pretty massive. So... Okay. Running into people is kind of rare? Kind of rare. Yeah, kind of rare. Unless you're looking out for them or you're like going to your map trying to find them, it's kind of rare. Okay. And then final question. Can me and you like play like purposely? Like can we join each other's worlds or is it kind of like random? You can join each other's worlds. You can. So we can join in a public world and I can invite you. Or if you're a Fallout first, you know, whatever, you can have a private world where it's just you and whoever you want in it. But me and you can just play in a public world and that would be fine. And it would be people can be that means people can attack us or no? Well, it depends if you have pacifist mode on or not. That's player specific. That's not world specific. Okay, because I thought when so I got that confused because when I thought you said the, the private worlds, I thought that was like something like oh, it's like the pacifist mode where you can play with your friends. No, no, no. So pacifist mode is just so that when other players shoot you, it doesn't start PvP. That's just a personal setting you can have on or off. And so basically, let's say me and you were to hop into a public world and I would invite you, you could still just play the game like it was a single player Fallout. All your quests and stuff would be separate from mine. We would just be in the same world. Oh, shit. It could be like Gotham Knights, but like uh, yeah, uh, Fallout Knights. Actually, yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I think it's pretty fun. That's good. Have you been dabbling in anything else this week? I put Elden Ring on here. Oh, but shit. Yeah, I saw that. Because, you know, every every couple of months, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll hop back in and try to see what I can do. So I just played a very small amount, nothing new to report, but just know that I'm trying again. <laughs> He's trying it again. He's back on the juice. Yeah, I mean, I try I try with the Souls games all the time. I, it's 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 to the point where, you know, I wouldn't even say that they're not for me. Or that I don't like them. It's just such a challenge now where I'm like, well, I know I can get through these. So I just need to do it. And every time I play them, I learn a little bit more about them and I get a little bit more comfortable. So 
I just figured, yeah, I might as well. Yeah, I think the one I got the furthest in was Sekiro, which I feel like I've heard like either it's the hardest one or the easiest one, depending on player. Yes, I've heard that, too. And that's also the one that I've made it the farthest in, which would make sense for me in the way I play a lot of games. Yeah, I think it was just the world, the the aesthetic of the world grabbed me the most. So it just like motivated me more to stay in the world because like the medieval kind of not that I'm not completely I, I do like games that have that aspect of it, but it's not like my like thing thing for real. But like the ancient like um, Japanese mythology, that's a lot more interesting to me because I don't really know about that. Granted, I don't know much about medieval times either, but it seems like too realistic. You know, you hear about it all the time in history books growing up. It's just kind of like boring. Yeah, the Elden Ring being a true historical story. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the Elden Ring. You, didn't, you guys didn't learn about that in, in social studies? Yeah, no. I, I think the worlds, for the most part, are always interesting. To me, Sekiro really just grabbed me because it's, it's uh, the combat feels different, where you're focusing on parries yeah. and it just, yeah, it, the, the combat feels different enough that it stood out to me. But I'm trying to not fall into the usual trap where... I try to overwhelm myself and be like, well, I'm going to do the whole fucking thing starting at the first. I'm like, let me just go back to Elden Ring, see how it goes. And then if if that doesn't go well, then I'll go back to one of the other ones. Get your but, shit rearranged yeah, a few right, times. For right now, I'll, I'll just stick with Elden Ring. I feel that. Um, the only thing I was playing this week outside of Callisto Protocol was Need for Speed Unbound. It's still a fantastic game. Uh, I'm about to do the first, uh, like main race when like you finish a week and you challenge a driver so i'm not too too far in it um but i mean i'm having a great time i love the aesthetic of the game uh the upgrades are cool i got a honda civic slowly making it to 200 i think it maxes out right now at 168 so slowly but surely getting there i mean you're a quarter way through and i would say it's a long or longer need for speed game just because of the way it's set up Mm-hmm. It, I, I do feel like it kind of artificially stretches it a little bit a yeah bit. but I'm it's not sure. that bad because it's fun to play when you one question i have because i know you're you're two or three days in front of where i am when you win a car do you win a random car or is it a preset one like is everyone going to get the same car i'm not sure there was an event yeah there was an event where it's like oh you win a car and i think i got like some old barracuda muscle car which i'm kind of excited because then i can put money into it one thing i don't like they do limit your cap on when you can level up your car like i can no longer put engine parts into my honda civic because it would be like i guess it would be faster and more higher tier than what the story deems it needs to be at the time which is a little annoying is it that or have you not upgraded your garage because you have to upgrade no. your garage to be able to put faster parts in. It's not that because I upgraded my garage the first time to get, I think it's pro parts. Mm-hmm. I think it's sport parts first and pro. So I, and I can't put all the pro parts into my Civic because it's going to go into the A plus tier. Gotcha. Okay. Weird. So that, yeah, that I thought that was a little weird and annoying. I'm like, just level up the world with me, but whatever i guess they i guess they want you to like focus on like the style of the car so i've been investing money into like how the car looks now now my honda Civic looks crazy well i haven't thought about it that way but that's not a bad idea otherwise i wouldn't customize too much that yeah i I wasn't customizing at all i had a fucking basic civic i had a sleeper though you know that shit had stock rims but was going like 100 yeah i feel that but um but yeah let's get to the briefly you know the main game that we've been talking about for a little bit uh callisto 
Protocol. We have both played it and beaten it. Almost platinumed it. You could have platinumed it if there wasn't a glitch, but we were both very close to the platinum. Well, but you didn't do a second playthrough, right? <laughs> I didn't do a second playthrough. I got 80% of the trophies, so yeah, I feel yeah, like no, that's close. Yeah, no, no, that is close, but I was saying that it. I think it would be an important differential to understand that some of my spikiness or animosity is that I did do a second playthrough and all collectibles <laughs> and I finished the platinum but the last trophy didn't pop to complete the game on maximum security and then when I went to the internet I guess that they had patched out an exploit when the game first launched but in patching the exploit out they also broke the game where you can't get the trophy so it doesn't change my opinion a whole lot, but it was frustrating to get through all of it and then not get the platinum. So I guess I'll just have to wait yeah. for some kind of patch. I'll either have to wait for a patch, or I've read that if you delete all of your all of your wow. saves and uninstall the game and all that stuff, so it doesn't have any auto saves like to think of, then maybe it'll work. But even then, it was a maybe. So like that's worked for some people, but not all. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just going to wait. I'll just wait until they until they say that they've fixed it. And I've seen that I went to Calista Protocol's page on Twitter and they have been somewhat responding to people. So I'm sure that they have to they'll have to fix that. You can't leave trophies broken. I feel like I haven't heard exactly that this is the case, but I feel like that it would probably be like a Sony push thing of being like you you can't leave trophies broken. Yeah, I mean that does suck when i heard that that was rough you did call me in the middle of the night and you're like i have to call you and just bitch just because like this is annoying and you know i understand i was there for you in your time of need well also um, you would have done it if i didn't tell you because there was no true, warning I, on any of the trophy guides which is weird because the trophy guides are usually on top of that shit but i yeah that's why i was shocked when you told me that because that morning i was like let me see what the trophy guides are saying about this game. Is it an easy platinum? Is it a hard platinum? I got all the collectibles my first playthrough. No guides. Just, you know, just for the love of the game. Just, it's also, not, there's not much to explore or miss. So. Yeah, relax. For the love of the game. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just did it for the love of the game. No, I don't need no guides. When's the last time you had a no guide platinum? That's kind of hard. Uh, it depends on the game. But, I mean, I the like Pinball Heroes one I did was not with a guide. Like, some oh, games okay. are just easy platinums. That's true. Spider-Man I mean, wasn't a guide. You know? I, yeah, Spider-Man, yeah, you don't need a guide for that. All right, never mind. For the love of the game. I feel like, for the love of the game, I feel like sometimes the no, <laughs> the no guide platinum hits different for, for me, right? For so the love you. of the game, you know? <laughs> but well, um, I did what I needed to do here, and I, I just wanted to bring this up here because I didn't tell you, you know? So I figured, what better time than live on air? After okay. Callisto Protocol, and I didn't get my platinum, I was like, you know what? I'll go back and get Pinball Heroes again on PS4. So I feel good. Wow. What a punk bitch. It did an auto pop. I did it legit. You can get it too. It's a great game. Pinball Heroes. Oh my God. Excellent PSP premium game. Loved it. That's a, what a punk bitch! You can do it. It's so That's good, a, dude. Less than an hour platinum. If you're, That's great. If you're just like good at it. If it, if it's like I mean, it's fucking pinball, you know. Well, the first time I did it, it took me six hours, and then this time it well, took me yeah. one hour. It's okay, you're a little smooth, you know. All right. <laughs> so do I'm we about have, to get this shit. Do we have any opinions on Callisto, or do we want to say anything now, or save it all for for a full a full I would thing? Say, 
I would say that I would say that me and you have very similar opinions. Yes. But I try to be a little more optimistic about it and you're a little more nitpicky about it. But I think the core feeling for the game is still very similar. I would say that I probably I, I just looked up the Metacritic score. It's at a 69. I would agree with that. That's, that sounds perfectly fair. Like when I seen that doesn't make me upset or anything. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. The user score is 6.8. So in unison with critics and gamers alike, um, not saying Metacritic is end all be all, but like that's a, I feel like a 69 is a perfect category for it. Right in between a six and a half and a seven for me, I feel like. I also agree. I think the way you described it is pretty perfect. I think our opinions overall are similar. I might just be a little bit more nitpicky about it, whether it's because of how excited I was and or how disappointed I am with it. But then also me being like, what the fuck? I want my platinum. Which, again, doesn't make me really feel that different about the game, but it does leave a taste of like, okay. It sours you. Yeah, I mean, it's the last thing until future stuff that I'm going to remember is just like, well, I'm just going to wait and check every now and then to see if you guys have patched it. But I agree with with around that, like, you know, high 60s. It's good, not great. Something that I said as a as a blanket kind of statement to Joel is that I would recommend this game to people who have not played a lot of survival horror games but if you're a survival horror like aficionado or you've just played like a lot of Dead Space and Resident Evil just n- don't go in expecting too much and you'll probably still have fun but if you played a lot of those games then it will be noticeable like a lot of the things about this that they took from other games yeah and after talking with you like you kind of pointed those things out and i was i was seeing a lot more from resident evil but you pointed out a lot of things that i pulled from dead space as well and um yeah i mean i would agree with that also i would also recommend it if you're like an old head gamer and you love like an old school like simple linear campaign seven eight hours just have a story told to you you know you don't want to have like a 40 hour rpg or a live action game so Assume, or live, uh, always online game, my bad. Assuming that you're okay with a story that may or may not deliver. If you're used, I think if it's a, it's a, it's a straightforward it's hard, video right? game story, I wouldn't say video game stories are necessarily good in the, like on average, but it's a basic well, video game story. I think, I think all these are fair. I think I'm going to have to catch myself before we plunge into this for too long. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll save we'll, it. We'll pocket this. We'll definitely dive way more into the game if you want to hear that. Just be on the lookout for that. Obviously, we'll let you guys know once that it does be is recorded and dropped. But uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to... You know, there's definitely more than the surface with yeah. Callisto Protocol. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be a lot to be said. You can if you also if you head over to our Twitter, I also posted a nice little glitch that happened to me. I had a couple, but I had <laughs> one that was like pretty specific, so I posted that, and that can be seen. But we do have a lot to talk about here. We said that we were going to go over our favorite games of 2022 because you know it was the holiday week, so everyone is celebrating Christmas and the New Year's, so there wasn't that much news. But everyone decided to have some New Year's (laughs) greeting message with some information. So I actually do have some stories here, and we're going to go through those first, and then we will come back to the top 10 list. So we'll start out here, and a lot of these are not big stories, but they're still worth mentioning, so I wanted to make sure that I delivered them here. So number one is Payday 3 was announced for 2023. 
Payday 3 was announced in a logo reveal trailer that is shows that the game will be releasing on consoles and PC sometime in 2023. So with Payday, it's a logo trailer. By logo, I mean, it's kind of a stretch of the word. It's really just the word Payday and the number three. And it's, <laughs> you know, a group of four guys in suits looking out onto water with fireworks, kind of celebrating the New Year's. Payday is the co-op bank heisting crime game. And so they didn't give any more information about it. And they also said consoles and PCs, but they didn't specify. So I'm hoping they're just, you know, current gen, not next gen. It's current gen. It's three years in, right? So hopefully that's the case. I have not played either of the first two, but just figured this one kind of is a, is a strange time to announce it. Yeah, definitely. was a. They announced it like on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. It was really weird the way they just like randomly announced it. Um, Payday 3, I mean, I hope it's good. Payday's always been a interesting game because I've heard like so many good things about it, like especially the second one. The first one was kind of like a cult hit. The first one always makes me think of the first scene in Dark Knight with the mask and all that stuff. I don't know why that like that is always associated with me. Even when you said Payday 3 now, I was just picturing the opening scene of Dark Knight because of the clown mask. And I feel like in the game, you like the characters always wear masks too. But yeah, it sounds like it's a good it's a good cooperative game. Uh, the second one I know definitely is uh, has a lot of uh, fans behind it, but I mean, we'll see. I wonder if it's going to be free to play because it seems like a game that can transition easily to free to play. Yeah, I agree. Who knows? We're gonna we're gonna have to but find out. That, yeah, outside of that, I'm not, there's not much more for me to say on Payday Three. Yeah, I would say same. All right, so moving right along here, Hitman 3 will be rebranded as Hitman World of Assassination. So starting on January 26th, Hitman 3 will be rebranded as Hitman World of Assassination and will consolidate all content from Hitman 1 and Hitman 2. Hitman 1 and 2 will be removed from digital storefronts, although if you own those games, you can still download them and play them. This is from IO Interactive, and this is them hoping to kind of consolidate all of it and make it less confusing, uh, the purchasing process, which I appreciate because I liked the first one and the second game. But then it gets confusing because you can play old levels with new features, but it would be like you have to have the Hitman 1 access pass or the Hitman 2 access pass, but then there's also Hitman 3 season pass. So basically the way it's going to work now is if you already own Hitman 3, you're just it's just going to be changed to world of assassination and that'll be free for you but if you haven't got hitman 3 it'll just change and then you can get that and then from that one central app you can go in there and either purchase these levels a la carte or the access passes or if you already have them you can still play them so it's still just a lot of content the difference is that it'll be one access point and if you have gotten hitman one and two from playstation plus you have the access passes for them if you get this oh that's sweet it sounds like it's gonna be like call of duty where you can access everything from one game exactly kind of yeah and it's it's all the all the hitman one levels and all the hitman two levels with all the hitman three features so they all look better they all play better it's just now you just have one entrance point for them which i appreciate because i always look at hitman three on sales but then i'm always I always pause when I see all of the DLC options and the fact that I have the first two. And yeah, it's just really confusing. So they are rebranding it. It will be $70. But if you own this beforehand, then it'll just be a free kind of change for you. Okay. I mean, that's good to know because when I read the headline, 
Uh, I thought it was just changing it to the name World of Assassinations, and I was like, that is a fucking atrocious name. Yeah, no, it's... But then now I saw that it's Hitman colon World of Assassinations, which is not too bad, which makes sense because the game is basically about just traveling the world and killing people. Yeah, so that's what they call, like, the modern trilogy. And so they, they came out with a blog post, too, talking about it, where they were saying that basically they know it's confusing to get in if you're a new player, but you want to experience the whole series. So they wanted to just have one entrance point. And then also, we'll see exactly how this works out when this releases, but they said this this will ultimately be cheaper for basically anyone trying to get into it because any access that you had before gets grandfathered in and then any pieces you don't have still existing, you can just get at a cheaper price. So I think this is good because I'd love to play it. Yeah, I like how they're not canceling information or or like levels and like are totally just Xing them out of the equation. I do like that they're at least letting you buy everything that was available in the past. So that's cool. Um, the consolidating of it, I think, is smart in terms of like for sales now too, to just get to like get um, sales from like people that are interested in it because it could be very daunting when you see three different games and they're all kind of like the same kind of deal and you're basically buying the games to access new levels. So they're making them all in that Hitman Three engine too, so they're improving the prior two games. I think this is overall. Really, it's a really smart move by Aya, honestly. I think really necessary too, because it's, you know, you're buying the base game for their base levels, but a big part of all three of these is the levels that they've added over time after. So, in addition to all the base games, there's all, they also all have season passes. And so, all mm-hmm. of that would just add to the, the confusion. So, glad they're doing this. I think this is a good move. I will, I don't have Hitman 3. So for this, I'd probably say I'm still just going to see whenever Hitman World of Assassination goes on sale, I'll pick it up. Okay. I think Sounds good. Yeah, that's where I'm sitting at it. I mean, yeah, I'm not too interested in Hitman. I tried playing Hitmans before. I've, we've gotten a few through Plus. We got even a PS3 one on Plus because that was the one I, I remember. Trying. Hitman Absolution, I believe, is what it was called. Yeah. Um, I tried. That was the one I tried the most to get into and that one it didn't go too well for me i'm not i don't have the patience i feel like for stuff yeah i just i i actually played all of hitman one like in this new trilogy i played all of hitman one and i played about half of hitman two i just okay i just want to do it all on hitman three and it was just always confusing beforehand so i didn't want to start spending money and then it just felt weird like if i don't know what i'm buying then i don't want to do it so good change overall and then, yeah, making it easier to, to understand. Yeah, exactly, for new people. And then this next one will be a little bit more for you, although I always hope to get into it, is that Atlas <laughs> is teasing several unannounced titles for reveal in 2023. So Atlas shared a New Year greeting card published by Famitsu, and it said the following, Thank you very much for your support for the remastered versions of P4U2 in 2022. 13th Defense Circle for Nintendo Switch, Soul Hackers 2, and Persona 5 Royal. In 2023, we will start with the release of Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden remastered versions. And we are also preparing several unannounced titles. Please look forward to it. I also know that I think upcoming will be the 30th anniversary of Shin Megami Tensei. So I don't know if they're going to do anything to coincide with that. But is is Persona 6 just kind of the big thing that you'd want to see here? I mean... We thought Persona 6, we, me and the Weebs, we thought that Persona 6 was going to be revealed last year because I believe last year was like the 25th anniversary for 
or Persona, which is a spinoff series off of Shinigami Tensei, which I think would be kind of cool if they do like how Resident Evil 7 came back and they did like Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Like if they did like a Shinigami Tensei Persona, whatever type of game. Like as for not even Persona Six, just like make it like an offshoot series. I think that that could be kind of cool. But I mean, yeah, the fans are craving Persona Six. We want to see that trailer. We want to get hyped. We want to hear the music. We want to see the protagonist, the world. Where is it going to take place? Is it going to be rural Japan? Is it going to be the city again? Is it going to be it? I would think it'd be kind of cool if they do something outside of Japan. Maybe Korea. Yeah, they probably it, won't do that, but that would be cool. Like a yeah, Seoul, Korea I Persona just... game. Do they do they ever uh, like in any of the other? Because you played way more Persona than I have. Do, are there characters? Japan. But are there characters that are like not like Yakuza has characters that are Korean and Chinese? So that's why uh, I'm asking. No, 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 definitely not in that way. Uh, they don't like specify if somebody's like from out of the country. Okay, especially the way especially the way Yakuza be doing it. Yakuza's a little crazy sometimes well, the way they be doing it. But Yakuza's crazy with Chinese specifically. Yakuza's not crazy yeah. with Korean, and that honestly That's makes true. the difference even stronger when you're playing it. <laughs> that yeah, I mean. That's not us. That's them. But it is noticeable. That's, that, yeah, that's that. But that's also I love like like uh, in terms of like uh, games that get called out for shit. It's like Yakuza has never been called out for that. But that is like probably some of the most like crazy shit I've seen in a game. Like kind of like xenophobic stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It it is crazy, but it's it's also I think because it's for some reason I feel like because it's an Eastern game, it's like well we're not going to say anything anyway. Those are their values. That's their yeah, that's beef. You know? That's not our beef. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so Persona Six. I mean, it's probably going to take place in Japan, but I think it would be cool to do it in Seoul, Korea, just explore a new city. I mean, they've kind of explored a lot of sectors of Japan, but um, I hope they don't do like open world. I know like some people have been saying they possibly want like an open world like Persona game, and I don't want that. I like the way it is. But um, yeah, I think Persona Six. I don't know what outside of like because they said. They said multiple unannounced titles. So, I mean, I would like another spinoff game like Catherine was in between Persona 4 and Persona 4 Golden. Like they made Catherine in that in between time. I would like a cool little single player focus uh, game from Atlas as well. Yeah, I, I, I think I've yet to actually play and finish any of their games. Not because I dislike them, just just I just haven't got to it. Catherine is a fantastic game. It's like a really good. It's, I think it's a better game to play than when it, when we came when it came out. We were like kids. I think it's better to play as like an adult and like understanding dating and like relationships and stuff like that. It's a much intriguing and engaging game as for older people. I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm interested too. The thing too with Persona is with Persona Five when they did Royal, I was like, okay, well, I want to play Royal. And then they did Royal on PS5, and I was like, well, I want to play that one, but I don't want to keep <laughs> buying new versions of this game without playing them. So, yeah, at some point, I would say, or person, I mean, when they put these P3 and P4, I'm like, okay, I know that they're not connected, and you can play any of them at any point, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely say play. It would be harder to go from Persona Five to the other to Persona Four and three so i mean i'm gonna get the remasters when they come out so i would say just you don't even have to start with three i think i'm gonna start with three just because 
I know four is really great. I really haven't heard much about three, so I'm kind of interested to see like what the story is and what it, what it's about at all. But I know Persona Four Golden is like fantastic. Like people love it. So I would say if you're going to start, I would say start with Persona Four Golden and then go into Persona Five Royal. Just skip the base games. Just play the they're they're better versions of the games. So, all right. Heard. That's what I would say as a, as a resident weeb. All right. Well, continuing on, because a lot of these announcements are Japanese. So Final Fantasy producer teases a big announcement unrelated to Final Fantasy VII. So Yoshinori Kitase teased the following in a New Year message. He said, Final Fantasy XVI... Or he, okay, sorry. So Yeah, he said a couple of things. He said, Final Fantasy XVI is set to release this year, which means Yoshi P needs your support more now than ever. Also... <laughs> Development is picking up speed on the title I'm producing, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm sure many of your collective imaginations are running wild, trying to picture how we'll recreate some of the game's most iconic scenes, and we'll have more to share about that when the time is right. There's also another big announcement unrelated to Final Fantasy VII that I can't say anything about just yet. Rest assured, we are working hard to make 2023 the most exciting year yet. Now, it's worth noting, according to the huge NVIDIA leak back in 2021, it suggested that two of these Final Fantasy games that are set to release are the Final Fantasy Tactics remaster and also a Final Fantasy IX remake. Now, the NVIDIA leak has been like pretty much bulletproof in terms of what we saw and what actually came out. So I wonder if that Final Fantasy IX, it says remake, but I'm wondering if it's more in the vein of how they did like the Final Fantasy VIII remaster or if they're trying to do like a whole thing with nine. I think the remake makes it more like seven. Yeah. Because there was going to be a remaster because they even because Final Fantasy seven crisis core reunion is a remaster, not a remake. There's I don't think they really tweaked much with the story. So they uh, they pick and choose. I think when they say remake, though, they're I think they're gonna be from now on meaning the Final Fantasy VII. Like we're gonna kind of retell the story a little bit as well. Um, I'm super excited to hear that the they're picking up speed on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because I'm very uh, very excited to play that the next entry in the series. It is a trilogy of games now. It was one game back in the day, and now it's gonna be a trilogy of games. So I'm excited to get into that because Final Fantasy VII Remake was like fantastic was definitely a game of the year contender for me that year um but the other game being really i mean the final fantasy 7 tactics remaster already came out so we know we're going to get the final fantasy 9 remake i am interested just to see if it's going to be like that remaster vein or like the remake like ff7 but wait you said final fantasy tactics remaster already came out yeah that's what the that's what came out in december final fantasy tactics over the remaster Oh, so then, okay, well then, yeah, maybe this is just poorly written then. I didn't even know if Tactics Ogre was the same thing, like if that was Final Fantasy or if that was something else. No, yeah, that's Final Fantasy. So I think that that's what they're meaning by the Final Fantasy Tactics remaster. That's what that was. So it's already came out. So the Final Fantasy IX remake will probably definitely come out. Come out or at least just be, like if it's in the vein of Crisis Core, come out. If it's in the vein of Seven, then I would have to imagine that's just an announcement. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, my bad. I misspoke to you. If it's gonna be like, if it's gonna be like seven, then it's gonna take some time. I mean, but yeah, you're good. A lot of this stuff too is just that they're all teases, and so a lot of this is just kind of speculation. But it's always worth. I don't know. It's it's nice when when you know producers and people in the industry are gonna build up hype, and so then you just kind of think about what it's gonna be. Because when you know when Mm -hmm. we talk about 
games outside of the show and stuff you're talking about what you're playing and what you like but you don't really like talk about future stuff that is true yeah usually when i think about games i'm very much in the now and like what's out what am i playing not necessarily what i'm looking forward to just because games are kind of like there's always a backlog there's always something to chip out chip chip at in your backlog so you're not always anticipating the new stuff because you're like i just have so much shit i have to play like i'm from 2022 i got like shit in my backlog already yeah of course it happens every year and so this is cool final fantasy 9 is the one i'm excited because i don't know a lot about 9 i think i mean i think 9 is regarded as one of the good ones i know people 10 is divisive i know 8 is also pretty solid but i think 9 is one of the ones that a lot like is a, a fan favorite I'm yeah. not that not that well in tuned with the Final Fantasy scene, but I do like the seven remake, and I do like the Crisis Core remake. I think that yeah, I mean, I think that six and seven are the two that people love the most. I think yeah, definitely. I think six through nine they would want to kind of get out, but eight they did before they got into this kind of doing it on a bigger scale. So I think they'll do nine, and then I would assume after that, if they're going to do another one, they would do six, and then we'll get the pixel remasters this year too. Yeah, so like a lot of Final Fantasy coming out. And I, I like just having access to play all the games, even if they're older versions. Like a remaster doesn't really hurt me because I like having the ability to at least play old games. Yeah, just having them all in one place is good. Yeah. All right, so let's, we can move. Oh, sorry, do you have something else? No, I had nothing else to say. Okay, all right. So, well, no, you're good. So we'll move right along here to The Last Guardian developer suggests it will reveal its next game this year. So they also said in a New Year greeting post, uh, Gen Design, the name of the studio, said that 2023 will finally be a year with lots to talk about. Now, that's kind of all that they said. We know that this is a deal with Epic Games. They've said that this will be a new title, not a sequel. And it will also be a similar scale game to their past releases, which would be Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian. Now, they started developing this new game back in 2018, and a little piece of art was shown in 2021 for it. But not a lot is known about the game. So I I know that when they originally revealed The Last Guardian, it was a really long wait until it released. So hopefully this will be a different situation yeah i mean i'm not too familiar with this studio's work i don't i didn't play any of the other games um i played a little bit of the uh, shadow of the colossus remake but i did not actually get like done with it i I probably did like maybe five or six of the colossi but um i mean i'm interested to see what they make they make interesting looking games they definitely have a unique art style to all their games so it's always cool to see like uh, visually appealing games. I've made it pretty far into Shadow a number of times, and I would say even you saying like five or six—that's enough to know. That's enough to know that game. I think my main worry or pause point is just that I thought Last Guardian like just never hit. I tried it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I could just not really get into it. So I'm hoping that they can kind of switch back or bounce back from that. Now, I know that there are people that really like that game. I'm not saying it's a bad game. Just for me, I couldn't really get into it. I never played Eco, but Shadow of the Colossus is fantastic. But that you, it's important to note, too, that I am very sensitive with people just assigning, like, you know, this guy did this or this studio did this with a lot of games recently. And so with Shadow of the Colossus, like, let's remember that that was 2005. So it could be two decades by the time this game comes out from that team. So it's probably not the same team. So 
I'm interested to see what it is if they're going to try to keep it in that similar kind of uh, like green, grayish stone kind of ancient looking game or if they're going to try to do something different. Yeah, and like modern day technology and ray tracing and shit like that. I think they can make it look like really beautiful. It could definitely look like I think it's going to be a visually stunning game. And just a like harp on what you were saying about like um this could be two decades till when shadow colossus which is what most people consider their best game is um like this is more kind of like a prove it movement not really built off a legacy so it's kind of like almost like it feels like a new studio kind of like trying to gain ground within the industry as opposed to being like oh this is like you know like the last guardian, like you said, is very divisive. I guess there are people that love it and they're most of the people dislike it. I feel like it's kind of like death stranding in that way. I would say, yeah, probably, I probably, yeah, but just even the people that do like it wouldn't be as hot as death stranding. Like I think the people who like it think it's good. I don't think anyone thinks it's like amazing. I think it's just, you think it's good or you think it's just like not good. Yeah, so this is kind of more of like a for gen design. This is definitely like a prove it game. Hopefully, it comes out relatively soon. It doesn't take another like ten years to make this game, and doesn't get canceled then re reappear. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm wondering when we'll see it more. So, just when will it release? I wonder if it's going to be a Sony exclusive by any chance. Well, it's like a, like a third party kind of deal. It's a deal with Epic, so I I don't think it'll be exclusive. But you know how they they've been purchasing like those third party like uh, that's true exclusive for like a year or so. Yeah, that's that's and just because their history with Sony are at least being displayed at the Sony showcase. The rumor, the Sony showcase that everybody's been chasing for a year and a half. Yeah, I don't know. We're yeah, we're just gonna have to see. I mean, that's a good point. Even if it's a deal with somebody else, you don't know where it's going to be shown and what if there will be any kind of exclusivity deal or not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm excited to see when it comes out, but I don't have much more to say. Yeah, same. So another game that has actually been in development for a really long time back since 2016. So the System Shock remake is now targeting a March release date. So Night Dive Studio has basically said that its circumstances have changed uh, over the years with this game. And so it's kind of went through different phases, but now it's actually kind of approaching its final steps and so they're saying that right now they're kind of just work is working on a little bit of extra polishing in certain areas making sure it's bug free all of that kind of stuff and they don't have a date yet they just said march as a window and then they also were talking about the future of the series a little bit just in the sense that if this remake you know goes well and sells well and stuff like that that there is a possibility they could do a system shock 2 remake However, they can't do a System Shock 3 because that is currently owned by Tencent. So I just thought that was uh, an interesting thing to bring up there too. Yeah, I mean, I would li- I would want this to definitely come out eventually. I, I, w- I, I honestly thought this was dead because I've been hearing about this System Shock remake for like a hot second. But I mean, if it finally comes out, that's good. It has like Dead Island 2 vibes for me where it's like something I've heard about in the ether. And it's been, I've been seen, seen, I feel like there's been trailers, there's been screenshots, there's been information, there's even been fake release dates. But um, when it comes out, it comes out. I hope it's great. I mean, it's a, you know, this, it's the inspiration behind one of my favorite games of all time. My, I mean, my favorite game of all time, Bioshock. So 
I would just want to get, I would want to play just for that, just to familiarize myself with it. I don't know if I could beat it because I know it's very, very like hardcore, like PC kind of game. Well, that's what the remake kind of, you'll be able to beat it because it's more first person shooter now than it is oh, okay, what it was perfect. before. And yeah, there there have been trailers for it. The most recent trailer I think came out maybe a month or two months ago. And it looks really good. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks modern in its visuals, but it looks retro. It's hard to explain. Like the way that they use colors and the way that a lot of the tech stuff looks retro. Kind of kind of similar in, in the vein of how like Alien Isolation looked great and futuristic, but you know, the way all the tech is designed is just like an alien, so it still looked old. It's hard to describe, but it mm-hmm. looks good. And and yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a predecessor to Bioshock, also basically my favorite game too, so that well, it'll be good to see. I just hope it comes out at all. Damn, this actually does look really good. Yeah. It's giving me Outer World vibes. And that's, that's what I was saying, so even though it's come up every now and then, I would still prefer that you know we hear whispers about this game every now and then and then it comes out but it's really good and it's really polished rather than it's rushed out so as long as it comes out yeah, I mean, it looks I love, good yeah i'd love to hear that that they're working on the polishing element of it just because you know you only get your first impression and that's a big deal when it comes to, especially to a remake you can't have a remake come out and be buggy yeah. i feel like that's like super bad that's true you really can't i don't know if there. i'm sure there isn't somebody can tell us but i don't remember a situation where a remake came out and it was like really janky yeah because there's kind of no yeah, excuse no, this for actually it looks really good i'm actually very shocked with how good this looks yeah that's what i say this is definitely this is my bad you no go. no no you're good you can say that's not, that's i was like i saw it i i read the story and then i watched the most recent trailer for it and i was like oh well now this is gonna push its way to what i'm looking forward to if it does release and yeah it looks really good yeah like i wish i would have added this to our last uh week's episode with most anticipated games because this has definitely now piqued my interest yeah well so we're gonna uh continue that right and we've got here basically the final hoorah for the new year's greetings because that's really where all of all of these have been coming out of so konami went ahead and teased uh they're teasing reveals for games that are in quotes quietly on uh underway so they basically said that this year is the year of the rabbit and we are planning new games for all our well-known series with the aim of making even greater strides. In addition, new projects that we have yet to announce to you are also deeply and quietly underway. Please look forward to Konami's future announcements. So that first quote, basically talking about well-known series, we know that that's them talking about all the Silent Hill games when we had the transmission at the end of last year. And then there are rumblings about if they're going to do something with Castlevania or... There was something that I, I read, you know, that they were thinking about doing some kind of remaster or remake of Metal Gear 3. But you see rumors and stuff like that all the time. And it, there's so a lot of times there's not a whole lot to go with it. But this is saying that they have new projects. I'm When they say new projects, I'm hoping that they mean new IP. But I don't know that for sure. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But um uh i mean i would hope i mean i love new ip and the idea of like a new thing coming out but especially with the ip that they have they have some dormant huge ip with castlevania and metal gear i wonder if it's going to be like the. i mean it was rumored for like years that blue point was making remaking the first metal gear so if that ever comes to light and if that ever was a real thing that would be awesome because that's a game where i would love to that needs a remake just because like 
I tried playing it on the PlayStation Classic, and that game is super rough to play. Also, even with even with Konami, when I think about it, they they're working with a bunch of other teams to de- to develop these other IP. Do they even have any internal teams? Like, if they wanted to make anything new, could they even do that? I'm not sure because I thought when they parted ways with Kojima, they kind of left. Uh, gaming behind and really invested on their pachinko machines and like uh, i think they own a lot of lifestyle like fitness uh gyms in japan through like another subsidiary in the company so they really haven't paid that much attention into actual video game development so i wouldn't be shocked if they don't actually have an internal team anymore or trying to build that up now and that's what this quietly underway project is yeah maybe so i guess this is another thing too where we're going to find out if this is a if these are going to be Sony things or are they Sony deal things. Uh, we'll, we'll find out soon. I'm wondering, you know, we're going to get our with every year we're going to get our summer's games fest, but I'm hoping that we get some information before that. Either a Sony showcase yeah. or just some kind of external something. But I know for sure we'll have summer games fest. It's, I think the first one that we know we can rely on. Yeah, and is and E three is always in a weird stage of coming back and dying and yeah. whatever. But it's like so I, I don't even know the status of E three either. E three is like de- de- uh, Dead Island two and System Shock. Like it's like I don't know. It's always around. They're talking about them exactly. And even if they come back, it's all of these console manufacturers have their own streams. Nintendo does their showcases. <laughs> Sony's got their state of play. So even if they did an E three, I wonder what kind of motivation, if any at all would like sony have to even be there because sony wasn't even there kind of like leading up to right before e3 was done with anyway yeah because they did that weird showcase where they just talked about ghost spider-man death stranding and last was part two yeah but but uh but yeah, I think I, that's all I have for Konami. I think are we are we ready to get into our top ten for yeah, yeah, twenty twenty two? Yeah, we're ready. So I'll, I'll break down the the rules here. Basically, that we pre discussed for this, just so everyone knows how we're going through this and how we're going to do it. So the games we're going to go through our top ten games of twenty twenty two. The games either need to have been released in twenty twenty two or we rolled credits in twenty twenty two. So there can be games older as long as we finish them in the past year. We're going to go one by one, starting from number 10, going to number one, alternating between the two of us. If a game comes up that's present on both lists, we'll cover it at the same time, regardless of placement, just to be efficient so we don't go over it again. And also, we don't know each other's list. So if a game comes up and we talk about it then, we don't have any of this pre-planned. We don't know. So if you want, if you have your list ready, you can start with number 10, and then I'll follow it up after you. All right, so uh, my 10th best game that I played this year is The Artful Escape. It is a little indie game. This game originally came out in 2021, but I believe it came to PlayStation consoles in uh, January of 2022. And uh, it was a quick little platinum. It was a a nice palate cleanser after playing um, Death Stranding this year. Uh, which is later on the list, a little tease for that. But um, so the Artful Escape was like a nice palate cleanser after playing such a long game like that. It's a cute little indie game about discovering who you are and you're not beholden to your past or your family and you don't, you can do your, you can carve your own way. I enjoyed it. Quick, easy platinum too. So that's always lovely, but that's all I have to say. Great art style. I would like to just go ahead and say that I also did play this game and I want to, 
say that your description was heartwarming, but I also want to bolster and say that it's got like a fantastic soundtrack and it's like a space odyssey where you're a guitarist traveling from that planet too. to planet just because the self-discovery and all that stuff is true and is fantastic but that could sound really boring and the game looks really good has a great soundtrack and like it takes you to a lot of actually really interesting visual places and levels and like a good platforming sections yeah that's true that's what i took the most away from it it was a it was a sad summer you know it was a sad boy summer this year so uh definitely hit me in my feels and it, and it, like you know it's a game that made you feel good you're like maybe i can change my life maybe i can get shit together well it's a new year right new year new me so yeah so what's your number 10 though alan wake remastered Ooh, okay yeah so this one is sitting firmly at the bottom of the list i liked it i didn't play it the first time it came out so i'm the remastered version was the first time i'm playing it and so i liked what it was trying to do basically in the, in the setting of you're going, you know, he's an author and what he kind of writes is what he's kind of fighting and dealing with. And I'm excited for the second one after playing this, my biggest thing that I kind of keep even seeming hesitant now is just that the ending really didn't hit in any kind of way for me. And Playing it now and knowing that there's a second one coming out not that long, I'm probably more fine with it. But I couldn't imagine playing this way back when and getting the ending that it did have and just being like, well, that might be all you get. Yeah, um, this was I dabbled with this game. I did not beat it, but um, I don't know why I kind of fell off while playing this game. I don't everything about it sounds right up my alley. It's about a writer. It's, you know it's a it's a traditional single player game it's not you know like an open world game that's going to take you forever to beat and the, the story seemed interesting enough like playing like you said with like he, he fights what he creates it's a really it's a really cool concept but i don't know what happened when i was playing it it just kind of didn't work for me for well, some I mean, reason it, it could be and i'm not sure if it is but for me another reason why i enjoyed it but i didn't really love it love it is because it it's an old game, so it makes sense, but the gameplay is very just standard old third-person shooter. Like you're going through the levels and you get into your combat scenarios and they're they're you know, they're fun, but they kind of it like it's kind of for, forgetful or like uh like a forgettable. Like I you know what I'm saying? Like I don't yeah. even know how to speak English talking about it cuz I'm like what the fuck was it even about? I played it in the middle of the year, but a lot of the levels like I don't even really remember. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. It's a weird game cuz they had like a really uh big uh like a fan base behind it, but I really think Control is a much superior game. Even though I haven't finished Alan Wake, I'm like I and I'm more excited for Control 2 than I am Alan Wake 2. I know a lot of people are hyped up for Alan Wake 2. But the only thing that interests me is that uh, Control and Alan Wake are in the same universe. Yeah, Control it. And that's what makes me want to play the remaster. I do think Control is better. Yeah. So what's your number nine? So my number nine is a a classic PlayStation 3 title. Uh, Uncharted. The first one. Uh, Drake's Fortune is the first one, correct? Yeah. This isn't your first time completing it, though. No, this is my first time playing the PlayStation 4 uh, remasters. I never touched those because I platinum the first one and second one on PlayStation 3. So when they came out on 
on PS4. I was like, eh, I don't really need to play them. I already kind of like had my time with them. But after watching the Uncharted movie earlier this year, I was inspired to go back and play the first Uncharted game. And it was it's just a great game. Like Uncharted just always hits. Uh, the first one is like specifically very nostalgic for me, even though I know it's not the best in the series at all. But it's like I really do enjoy it. It's super short. I think probably like only like 10 hours or something like that. And it's just a great time. It's the beginning of a beautiful uh, saga. I was going to say trilogy, but it's a saga. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great game for sure. I've played the remastered versions a ton of times. There, there's something that I, I just cycle through every now and then. I think I went back and I yeah. platinumed the I never platinumed the PS3 versions. I platinumed Uncharted 1 remastered and then I'm close to finishing number two. And I played three, but mm-hmm. like getting all the collectibles and stuff, I'm still on too. Okay. I also platinum it. I don't know if I mentioned that as well, but I did platinum it while playing it. It's a nice, simple, easy platinum. Good times. Crushing difficulty, that final boss fight is a bitch though. Yeah. And then I know that I haven't played it on any of them, but there is brutal mode too. You don't need to do it for the platinums, but if you want the extra trophies, you can get them yeah that's true i didn't i didn't bother with that shit i was like oh hell no i was like crushing is already kind of hard especially the i think the first uncharted is the hardest uncharted on crushing and then i think they progressively get easier i actually can't speak to four i didn't play four so you can speak more to that it's not but i think two and three are two and three are a lot easier than one yeah i mean i i would agree with that i think it's that i think in the first trilogy when you're playing it on crushing you just get the damage that gets done to you in certain areas if people have certain weapons <laughs> insane. is insane. Yeah, so Uncharted 4, I mean, it is still hard on crushing, but it's not insane. It's not It's not that bad. Yeah, but it, it was a fun time. Love Soli. Love the beginning of Elaine and uh, Nathan Drake's love. love. Elaine from Seinfeld or Elena? Elena, whatever. Elena. Elena. She, he should have picked Chloe. He should have picked Chloe. We all know that. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah. What's your number nine, Mark? That's that, that was my a little doozy. Uh Sonic Frontiers, for me. Sonic, oh, so low. I'm shocked. I'm excited uh, to see the rest of this list. Though. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of much. Yeah, much better games that I played. I do. Sonic Frontiers was a surprise for me. <laughs> like, I enjoy it. I'll play shitty Sonic games and still have some fun with them, but I am really, uh, really enjoying it. Just kind of all the activities in the world and cleaning it up and it interesting, it introducing new stuff to you even really late in the game. Now, I don't know if so. Basically, I'm talking about like the fishing mini game. I don't know if you get that really early <laughs> on, but I'm just now getting it after I've done like basically everything else. And so it's fun. I, I think that it's exactly what, 3d sonic kind of needed where it's not trying to the, i think the problem with 3d sonic is that they it always tried to do some crazy shit that was unnecessary like dating a fucking human werewolf. girl in 2006 or being a werewolf in 2008 or <laughs> you know so there's always like something weird and then sonic mania was really good in 2017 so they got the 2d down and then so now they have the 3d down so it, it's a nice place for it I would say that the only real and it's not really a negative. It's more so just kind of an annoyance of the way video games are today is that it's a single player game. And once you complete it, you know, nothing's missable. You can clear everything easily. But there's a 2023 roadmap where they're saying that, you know, later in the year, they're going to update it with more challenges and stuff. But you're also going to have playable characters like you can play as Knuckles and Amy. And I'm like, why? 
I, I'm not, I'm going to platinum this and then not return to it. So that kind of stuff, it's nice that they're going to support the game, but I'd much prefer like you just wait a little bit and then have all of it in it. Especially for a single player game, it's weird to be like, we're supporting it. It's like, this isn't, this is a game I, I have my time with and then I don't visit again. Like it's not a, it's not a multiplayer game where I'm diving in and out through seasons of content. It's, I just want to play the main story, possibly platinum it, and then that's it. So when single player games do that, I think it's definitely like weird. And it kind of feels in the game. I don't know. You can speak to it. I played a little bit of it. I've kind of felt like I kind of got a little bit of a vibe from the game that it is. A, it seems a little bit unfinished. Um, I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, by this roadmap, they're adding more stuff. But I actually wouldn't say that I feel like it feels unfinished. OK, it feels pretty fleshed out, I think, continuing through it. I just and at least right. I would say if you're going to add content, at least it's free. So at least there's that. Because paid content would be even worse like if you're going to charge for a season pass because if it's not a multiplayer game, it, you just don't need to be doing that. That's true. That is very true. But um, What's your number eight? I mean, my number eight is The Quarry. The Quarry is a super massive developed horror game in the vein of Until Dawn. And their uh, man and their dark pictures anthology games. Uh, it was it was a uh, it was also very kind of like I feel like a divisive game that came out this year. It came out in May. It came out in the lull of the year, so I think a lot of people did play it and bought it because it was just like the only thing out for a minute. Um, it was okay. I played it during um, October, so it was in the spooky season. So that kind of did add a little bit mystical magic to it, but. It was not my favorite game of the year. Obviously, it was ranked at number eight. It's definitely not as good as their previous works. Uh, the story kind of falls apart at the end, but I do really enjoy the first half of the game. I feel like the first half of the game is like really, really strong. The first five chapters and then kind of like chaos ensues. And then it doesn't... I feel like it breaks the rules of its world. It doesn't like follow the standards and protocols that they set with the whole reveal of the game i don't want i'm not trying to spoil it yeah, for I you Mark, yet, i anybody. appreciate that so there's like yeah there's like the big bad and what happens and the the basically the rules of the world are very inconsistent in my eyes and at the end it's just it's kind of chaotic and also you can like really fuck this game up and kill a lot of people like it's like you could just start like massacring people. It does give you a cool rewind feature, which is uh, nice where it's like, I think you have like three lives that you can save. You can go back to uh, and it does. And usually they're short, but there was one character that died for me. And I was like, do you want to go all the way back to like chapter six? And I was like, fuck that. That guy can die. I don't give a shit about him. But um, it's a fun game. I would say if you're bored and then you can get it like on a sale or something, I would say play it. But uh, other than that, it's nothing too, too special to go out of your way to play. The next, uh, this upcoming Halloween, you want to play a spooky game? I feel like it's perfect for that. And play with like friends. You can do that. Like, like the, it does have that let's uh, share play kind of feature where you just pass the controller on and then everybody makes separate decisions or you can play with multiple controllers. So I think it would probably be more fun in a group setting than a solo play. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that's it's always fun that they do that, but I I've never heard of anyone actually playing it that way. Me either, but I think that this one specifically is better for that, just because it's like uh, 
it's like the camp it's like the camp counselor kind of vibe so people are gonna have their favorites and stuff like that so i I think it'd be interesting to see who people would want to keep alive in the group yeah or fuck it over and then just like kill who other people like that's what i think would be the fun part about playing at multiplayer that's what you think would be fun yeah because then it's like you You gotta fight that That sounds fun yeah i mean that's like that's a solid stream idea you fight to keep the people alive you want and then if it's my turn like well then i'm gonna decide solo play is just you know if you want it to go exactly how you want it to go i think the fun in the party setting comes in when somebody tries to fuck over your plans that's what i would think but we would have to play one to see but we've got a lot of options now i mean we have four dark pictures games we've got the quarry and then we know that they're going to be releasing more dark pictures i mean this that was the four was the first season so there'll be more options for it definitely and the solo play is better when the story is actually really good so that's why i think this one is probably the best out of all of them to play like in a group setting because yeah. the story's dumb and it's just like we can just have dumb fun yeah just enjoy but, um, it what's it can, your number eight number eight for me Sorry. is uh no you're good that's how we need to do this otherwise because i'm going to keep talking forever so i think us passing it back and forth <laughs> is a solid way to do it and you see a window be like all right i'm done you go so my number eight is going to be uh shredder's revenge teenage Mutant ninja turtles so Ooh, okay loved it it was fu- it was great so now even with sonic frontiers how you're like it's kind of low on your list i really love all the game I, alan wake is not i didn't love it love it but everything else on this list continuously i like more and more and some of these games that we'll get into later are like i really make lasting uh, impacts on me but this game was an awesome summer game i played this with liz we beat the whole thing together we l- fucking loved it uh it was a really good time and then i went on and i went ahead to get the platinum now, it, I would do it again. So when it released, it released with a PS4 SKU only. They did release a PS5 version, but it's not a free upgrade and it would be an extra 25 bucks. And so I'm not probably not going to do that. I think it's kind of weird that it's That's that way. That's a little brazy. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not even like a 10 buck upgrade. It's just like the full separate game. Regardless, though, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's still an excellent game. I always like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, but this one was just really fun. Me and Joe played it online co-op. It's got good online, so you can play with up to eight people. It's got... I think it might be six people. It's six between eight. I'm not actually sure, but you can play with a number of people. You can also hop into like match-made lobbies and stuff like that. Pro tip, if you're going for the Platinum and you want the trophy to beat the game on the hardest difficulty... Pray that you have people playing online because what I did and what other people do is you could just match make for somebody who's in the final level and hop in with them and beat the final level and get the trophy. Ooh. But regardless, regardless, that still means that somebody has to make it all the way to the end of the game. It's just if you like hop onto somebody else's game or not, if that's possible. But excellent game, really good trophy list. Uh, it was not an easy platinum though. So if you're going for it just know that it's not super easy it's not that grindy you do have to get all the characters to max level but it doesn't take that long especially if you play with multiple people because all those characters can get leveled up for you now there's the one trophy that's really hard honestly is you have to beat the final boss without getting hit that took a lot of tries. Ooh. Um, I did do it. I was like, I remember there being one trophy like that that you were like, just I remember not getting hit. Trophy. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, the hey, one, the one trophy was not getting hit, and I tried a lot. And the way that the final chapter or final level basically is broken up is it's two bosses, and it's the second boss that you can't get hit to. But that also means that every time you die or 
you know, you have to restart it, you have to play the first boss of that level. So it's not like you could just go back into the fight. So, it, you know, it kind of punished you and made you feel it. But it was an excellent game. Um, for sure, highly would recommend to anyone either playing by themselves or couch cop or even online. Just a really, really good game. So, uh, wh- yeah. what's your number? What are you on? You're number eight or seven? Seven. All right, what's seven? My number seven what is Callisto Protocol. Oh, okay. It's my seventh best game of the year. Oh, all right. Is is this on your list? No, Callisto's not, no, nowhere on my list. It's not on your list. Okay. But yeah, Callisto Protocol is uh, my seventh game of this year. I, I did enjoy a few things about this game. It is a mixed bag. It is a mess in some areas. It shines in others. It's a divisive game. Definitely what you've, you've been hearing on the internet and the rhetoric behind it. Um, but I think it lies in between the praise and criticism. And I enjoyed it and I am possibly looking forward to a sequel because I didn't think much of the ending. But then the more we discussed about it, um, it could it could we have to see how the DLC season pass pans out, but it could seem like they might have cut some content from the main game. Exactly. And then if that if that turns if that tends if that if that turns out to be true, then that would kind of change how I view the game. But um but yeah, that's all I have to say. I don't want to go too much more into it just because we're gonna we're gonna talk on it a solo episode and full on spoil it, go into the story issues and details. And we'll be monitoring it because I need my fucking platinum. So don't worry, you'll hear more about it, and uh, we'll be aware of and it. I, yeah, I need my platinum too. You know, yeah, I got eighty percent. Well, I'm just almost there. I'll be, I'll be looking out for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what's your number seven? Number seven for me is Gran Turismo Seven. Yeah, uh, uh, Gran Turismo Seven is my number six. Number six. Okay, great. So yeah, then let's yeah, you can discuss that now. So number seven, Gran Turismo Seven. I thought it was excellent. Love it. The one downside of it really for me is the way that you earn is way too stilted for number one, a Gran Turismo game, and then number two for just like a full price exclusive game. You know, you can pay to get extra money in it, which is fine if that's an option. That inherently I don't have a problem with. The problem I have is that when the game first came out, the amount of credits that you would get for events was so low that they had to patch it later to just give out more credits for all events. And then I just really miss the days of earlier Gran Turismo when there were more fun ways to win cars. So you still have your... um, You would get your tickets where you have a chance to win a car. But once you kind of get through the main campaign, getting tickets is just doing the daily marathons, which isn't really fun because you're kind of just like tied into playing a set amount of time. And then also you don't know if you're going to get a one star all the way up to a six star ticket and you get different prizes. Another thing too is, you know, after playing a lot of Forza and doing these kind of, you know, these spins to see what you're going to get, I feel like Gran Turismo always fucks you over. I feel like Gran Turismo 7 is like, we're going to give you the one coin stack when there's like five cars in the room. And then also, how are you going to make the, you're going to, it's not yet. So now we get into the part of the list where I get animated. Other games, I'm like, all right, there's not that much to talk about. Excitement or not excitement. I do love the game, but how the fuck are you going to tell me that a six star ticket is going to be parts? I don't want an engine. I want a car or I want like a lot of money. So those are the negative things. That's where I was going to go. There's not a lot to say 
about it positively that kind of wouldn't be said for previous releases you know it's got a solid car list everything looks absolutely stunning joel hooked me the fuck up with a logitech g29 for my birthday it's the first time i've ever had a racing wheel um for real like a good one so that's super nice really enjoy that uh, it's got excellent support with it, of course, the force feedback and all that kind of stuff. Really fun to play online. Me and Joe dick around in it every now and then. Definitely have a blast. He has some amazing paint jobs on his cars that I'm sure he'll be posting or sharing at some point. He gets crazy with it on the customization. But yeah, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo was was a good one. It's just one that it, I did love it, but I also felt like it its lifespan for us like as our squad i felt like its lifespan was much shorter than what i was expecting which i think is why it's a little bit lower on my list because i just assumed that like you know this is something we're always going to have in rotation and we always have it downloaded and we always go back to it a little bit but it's not really a mainstay so i had fun with it but i don't really return to it that often and then i will also say uh kind of keeping in now even though this is a multiplayer or like more of a live service kind of game i still don't really enjoy the like we're going to give a couple new cars every month i would really prefer if that you just have that bolster list at the start because i'm sure there are people that come back and play this all the time but it's just the way that you earn stuff in that ticket system and the marathon system makes it where i might hop back in for two or three days and then i'm like this feels like too much of a grind i'm not getting that much out of it I'm just going to back away. Yeah. I mean, you said it all. That's that's like that's the whole uh, story behind Gran Turismo. When I was making my list earlier when we were playing War, and then what I was telling you was like, I was excited to talk about the list because of this specific game. Because when I was making my list, I was kind of shocked how low it was. I was like, this isn't even top five for me this year, which is kind of disappointing because there was a lot of hype behind this game. And I think initially it did live up to the hype, but... Like you said, really the monetization of it early on kind of killed it, I feel like, for a lot of people in general, not just us. Just like the Gran Turismo community doesn't seem as strong. The Gran Turismo community felt more behind sport than this, which says a lot, I feel like. I would disagree with that, at least. Really? I would say that at least this is a step in the right direction from sport. Just, uh, just. I'm the, not saying no. I'm not saying that sports a. Be- I'm not saying sports a better game, but I feel like the community behind sport was like more positive than seven because the issues with sport were the the, it didn't lie to you you know it was like this is a sport racing game like we're just focusing on the online racing that's really all this game is all about and then but gran turismo 7 was like you know trying to be an old school gran turismo game and like you said there's not a lot of fun ways to earn cars there's not a lot of ways to earn like lump sums of cash like it used to be fun playing GT5, doing a few races, doing the few specific event races where you would get a lot of money and then going to the dealership, buying a car, kitting it out, then maxing it out with your friends. Like to kit a car all the way out in Gran Turismo 7 would take you like two hours worth of grinding. Yeah, it's it's very expensive. I think that, yeah, I, I just ultimately I think it's it's good that it's a step in the right direction. And I think that the people that were really behind sports still have everything they want in this one. And then there's just also Mm -hmm. those some more casual or like us who like to play online, but like to play it in a more casual setting and enjoy the campaign. So I feel like it still keeps all of the community from sport, but just adds to it. So it's still a step in the right direction. And I'm still going to like, it's still going to stick around and I'm still going to play it every now and then for sure. It's just no, yeah, not as good as I expected it to be. Now I know as per how we were doing this, unless do you have anything else to say about seven? Cause this is a crossover game. 
Yeah, no, you you, you can hop okay. into your five. What, but right before that, I just want to say one more thing about Gran Turismo Seven is that the fucking updates are so goddamn mid and such ass. I hate them. I hate the way they update. They they send out the updates of like the three cars. If you're adding, like you said, the full list should be there on launch. And if you're adding new cars, it should be legitimately new cars. I want the new Civic Type R. I want even freaking regular ass Toyota Crown or like whatever new thing is coming out. Or the new Ferrari SUV. Like, if you're going to release new game cars, make sure they're at least modern so that's at least your reason for them not being there at launch. But, like, it's not really... You're releasing a 97 Silvia. Why the fuck was that not in the original game? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I agree. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have anything else to say. I agree with that for sure. But so I'll, I'll go into my number six, which I would assume is somewhere Five. on your... No, no, no. It's... You didn't. Oh, your six. six you're right. I'll go. Yeah, your six was Gran Turismo Seven. So we're just going back to me, and I'm going to six. My bad. You're good. We're 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 sticking right with it. So my number six is going to be Ghostwire Tokyo. Ooh, okay. Is that anywhere on your list? Ghost, Ghostwire Tokyo is my number three. Okay, so that's your number three. So then, so with Ghostwire Tokyo, it's number six for me. I did really enjoy it. We both did platinum this. I thought it was a nice surprise. I like Tango GameWorks. I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with just the way that it looked, and I thought that the combat was fun, and the um, specifically the haptics felt cool. And visually, it was just very nice. The story for me was kind of forgettable, and I didn't really care for it too much. And so I think that that... I think the, the fact that it was a world that I really enjoyed, but I don't think I'm going to remember that, that much is why it's a little bit lower on my list. It was a pleasant surprise, but I don't... I'm not going to remember the game in a couple of years, I don't think. Yeah, and the reason I have it so high on my list at number three is that I think this is going to be like definitely one of those cl- like cult classic games, like a Days Gone, like an underrated gem of this generation is definitely going to be Ghostwire Tokyo. I love the aesthetic of the world. It has this very creepy and ominous and weird... It's a it's a very isolating game. Like usually even in games that are supposed are isolating and make you are supposed to make you feel isolated. This is like the first game I felt like truly very isolated in just the eeriness with all like the ghosts around and stuff like that. It was a really, really good game. Like I think, well, ghost or tango DreamWorks, like not DreamWorks, it's just tango Works, right? Tango game works. Tango game works. Tango game works. Like I'm excited to see what they make next. This game, because I also remember this game was a little the before we purchased it and took the plunge. We were kind of like, "What the fuck is this game?" Because we first saw the trailer initially, it looked like a horror game, and then like out of nowhere, he's busting out like Naruto hand signs, which also definitely brought me into because I love Naruto. And then it's like a way more of an action game, but it's like a weird slow paced action game. I don't know. It's it's a weird game. It's a game that I always think about this year and up until the other two games, it was my game of the year for majority of the year for more than half of the year. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I always had fun with it, but I never felt like it was a contender up there for games. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a really solid. It was a great game. Really happy that I played it. Uh, I don't know if it's something they would ever return to or make a sequel of, which I think is also for me where in my head, I was just like, that was a really great experience, but I don't even know if they'll be returning to it. So I'm kind of just going to dump it off in my head, but it was good. I recommend it to anyone of like a fan of any genre. That's why I liked it. 
But that's why I liked it, because it's not going to be a series. It's going to be, this is the Ghostwire Tokyo. Like, this is the game. You played it or you didn't play it. Like, I like that. I don't know. I like that aspect about it. To be fair, all of my top three are also games that I don't think are going to get sequels, but they were just so much more memorable. And so I think I think with, with Ghostwire, I thought it was a great game. I didn't think any... I think my thing is not any one part about it was outstanding. I didn't think the combat was outstanding. I didn't think the story was outstanding. I thought the world was cool, but I didn't think it was like fantastic. So it's like everything is firing on like really good to great, but nothing about it just to me personally was like really stand out. It was more so surprising because I didn't think it would be that good. Mm. Yeah, for me, I think the world was definitely like outstanding for me. Like I loved... It was a game that I thoroughly enjoyed platinuming, and it's a game where if you don't like the world that you're in and navigating it, then I can see it becoming a very like tedious platinum. But I loved being in the world and playing the game, so like collecting all the spirits around the world, which is very annoying at times because there's a lot of them. But it wasn't like as bad just because it's like oh, I like being in this world. Like I like the weird ominous noises in the background, running across enemies, everything. It's just. I don't know, it had a really creepy aesthetic to it, and I loved it. Top tip for you trophy hunters out there, when you're navigating at the end and you're collecting everything and you're thinking that it's getting annoying, two things. Number one, there are bracelets that you can use that will help you like find the collectibles that you need. And then also there is a skill where the birds that you use to like kind of get up to the top of buildings, there's a skill that allows you to create those. And that's a fucking savior once you know that that skill yeah. is there because then you can basically just go wherever you want. Because I just, I just mm-hmm. could just imagine... It turns into Spider-Man. Yeah, I could, I could imagine if somebody didn't know about those, then that could make it way, way worse. But you can move around really quickly as long yeah. as you know those things. That's true. And the outfits were cool, too. Yeah, the outfits and were the cool. And the cats. Everything about it's the a good, game. It's a great I, I game. game. Look, now we're getting into yeah. the part where everything we're playing is great. So any criticisms i have make sure that we're keeping in mind we're now entering the section where i think everything here is amazing i just you know Mm -hmm. i mean just talking about them i'm going to come up with some kind of criticisms but whenever you're ready you can go ahead and hit your number five okay so uh my number five was uh tiny tina wonderland uh this is the spinoff borderlands uh game obviously tiny tina the character from borderlands it's basically in her world it's her made up story and you play throughout it it's the regular borderlands fair with a mythical aspect to it and i just really enjoyed it because borderlands 3 was a super disappointing game for me i I loved the first two borderlands i didn't play the pre-sequel but i did love the original two games and this one had a lot of the dna i feel like of the first two games uh, the open world wasn't egregiously boring like the like Borderlands 3. I think that was my number one complaint is like, A, I have to go travel for so long in this empty, boring space. Tiny Tina has this board that you're just kind of maneuvering and it's very like it's a, it's a short open world. Like it's very small travel time in between each of the other like uh, worlds that you go and uh do your missions in but then even in between that there's a lot of stuff filled in the a lot of filler in between but not filler in a bad way like just interesting side off like little um collectibles or other side missions so uh i really like this game the one thing that i think i would probably say as a criticism is that the main powers there's no one main power that feels like really strong or like really 
defiant or game changing or like game breaking. I remember in some of the other Borderlands, like the Gunzerker, like I've, when you like get his like a uh, action skill, like it, it feels like overpowering and badass like even a zero so nothing none of their action skills really stood out to me in that in that way yeah that's a good criticism that i agree with i didn't finish it but i did play maybe 10 or 20 hours of it i got decently far into it and then i know that you want to get the platinum so you want to hit up those kind of ending areas and so we can definitely do that together and clean up that platinum but yeah that's true it doesn't really matter who you play as there's benefits to each but they don't feel very distinct but i guess you know part of that too is that you're creating a character and something is lost there because you are creating a character and all every other borderlands games they're predefined but i'm surprised that the you know even though you're creating a character you're not i mean you're you're going in with set classes and so the classes are not very defined but i'm sure that something about the character has to do with that too yeah but yeah that's probably my main criticism of it but i think it's a great like uh entry into borderlands and i do believe gearbox said it was successful enough that it is getting another game in this size uh franchise of borderlands so i'm interested to see what uh they make with a sequel um but yeah i'm also very close to the platinum on this game too i think i have like 90 percent of the trophies i'm just missing like the last um roguelike at the end when you beat the game there's like this roguelike element where you just keep on running through these uh dungeons and increasing the level cap and like getting harder and harder dungeons to get better and better loot you have to get to level 20 i think i'm at level 15 and it is it gets kind of difficult especially when you're doing it by yourself it's kind of hard yeah fair (laughs) but uh you want to get into your number five yeah i'm gonna try to let you guess it See if you can guess it by this beautiful song that I'm about to sing you. If not, then people listening, okay. maybe they'll know it too. Because Liz heard this shit all the time. Oh, Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, right, Evil Dead. That's it. Yeah, so that, Evil yeah, that's Dead. my number five. That, so first of all, I am a huge Evil Dead fan just in general. I love the movies. I think they're all fantastic. I like the show a lot. So I'm just a really big fan of that IP. And so when they announced this game, I was like, well, I'm definitely going to play it just because I love Evil Dead. But I didn't really expect that much of it. I would say to somebody who isn't super into Evil Dead, it's still a great game. But if you just really enjoy Evil Dead, like it's really, it's really <laughs> impressive how good it is as a smaller you know multiplayer. There's uh, four players against one player who plays as the demon. And it's, I don't know, I, think, I feel like it's really unique. Like you play on a big map and if you're playing as survivors, you have to walk around and do these objectives before time runs out or the demon kills everyone. And playing as the survivors and playing as the demon is both fun. And the trophy list took me a long time, but I enjoyed it, all of it. And then I did it on PS5 and I think I'll probably do it on PS4 too. I know the only thing that transfers is like to hit max level that trophy will auto pop because like your save is to your profile name. But the reason why I would be more so interested is like, yeah, it'd be fun to play it again and to get the platinum. But I got the game platinum did by the time they did their first content drop, but I did buy the season pass. So the rest of that content has come out since I've stopped playing it. So if I had hopped in it now, there'd be a bunch more survivors. There's more maps, new demons, new weapons, all that kind of stuff. But it's a really fun game. I really, really enjoyed it yeah you definitely that was like your game of the summer i i 
jumped in there a little bit with you and um it was it was definitely fun but i don't have the love for the franchise evil dead as much as you do so i can understand you as somebody who liked the game i think it did if you're a fan of the franchise it did a lot of things well it has oh, a yeah. lot of little weird side things the, the items and everything like if you are a fan of evil dead this is like it's just tickling. It's tickling you. It's tickling you right. Because it's you know? really good. It's really good fan service, but not in a cheap way. It's not just like here's a throwaway line. It's like these survivors and their abilities and stuff like that are kind of you know exactly what you would think. Like this is going to be this character's strength, and it, it's it's nice to see that because it all makes sense. And every character has a skill tree. The skill trees are the same per class, so each character falls into a different class and but they all have their own unique abilities and they all feel distinct and the demons all feel distinct and so yeah and it's just really fun game definitely something that i would hop back into and do all the rest of the the content that has come out since then and then so and then the oh go ahead i was gonna say the evil dead classes that you were uh thinking about are leader warrior hunter and support yeah exactly and of course, you know, just like any any of those games, it's fun following when they when they're uh, making characters better or making them worse, and you're following a tier list and who's the best right now and all that kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of that, and I'm also if there's a game that is competitive and it's like matches, if it's good enough, it can really sink its teeth into me because in my head, every game of Evil Dead is like 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not that much of an of an investment. I mean, come out the other side. I've played more than 100 hours of it, but it's just going into it i'm sitting down like this isn't that big of a deal you know and so i can get really caught that way um, but yeah no really really good i mean i don't have that much more to say on it. i could talk about it for a really long time but because it's a multiplayer game it's kind of like the things that i would say would be kind of lost without talking with or playing it with somebody context. exactly it's like a lot of context stuff it's like the criticisms i have are it's kind of buggy or it was kind of buggy when i was playing it and there were maybe some times where I wish there was another demon at launch, but then again, I know that they were adding more. And so I'm sure that it's like a very well-rounded product now, but even then it was still way better than it had really any right to be. And so it just came out in like in May and it was kind of like, there wasn't much else out. It's only real competition that month was sniper elite five. And so it's like, they're so different. The quarry. Yeah. Well, the quarry too. I was the quarry early May or was that June? I thought that was June. I think the quarry was made. Let me double check for you, but you can continue. But either way, yeah. So Evil Dead, fantastic. Loved it. Really good care of the IP and then unrelated, but Evil Dead Rise, the next movie, I, they posted a poster for it and it's supposed to come out in April. But uh, unless you have anything else to say about it, whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and hit your... For you, it's going to be your number four, I believe, right? That is correct. And... uh the evil that did come on june 10th so i'm a fraud quarry. I'm sorry um the quarry my bad the quarry came out june 10th but um my number four speaking of metas speaking of just multiplayer and spending hours on hours playing a game as call of duty modern warfare 2 same spot number four for is me my number oh yeah really? same wow, spot look at that. we're in sync that's awesome um yeah so call of duty modern warfare 2 uh i enjoyed the campaign i thought the campaign ended on a weird note but overall that middle section of the campaign is really really good just really good kind of just action movie first person shooter kind of vibes just feels like you're playing like a great action movie and then 
the ending is a little just weird and anticlimactic and kind of like I guess insinuates that you're supposed to keep on playing spec ops and maybe this raid has more uh, story elements to it that make it feel more um, give you more closure when you beat the when you beat the raids maybe to the original ending of the single player campaign but that's not why you play Call of Duty. You play it for the multiplayer. You play it for the war zone. And I think that those aspects of it are fantastic. Uh, I love the multiplayer leading up into the war zone. I love spending time in there, just, you know, grinding out the guns. The way they have the guns leveled up now is a little bit different. I think it's different enough where you feel the change as if somebody has been a veteran of the series playing it for so many years. But it's not too, too different where you're like, okay, once you understand it, you're like, okay, so it's just kind of the developers are basically telling me, let me play with more than one gun. They're forced, they've kind of forced your hand a little bit to just not stick with your M4 and that's it. So I like, I kind of like that because then that you try out things that you wouldn't try out usually. Um, but, and then on the Warzone front, I think that Almazra is a huge upgrade from Gadera and even an upgrade from uh, Verdansk. Even though I do love Verdansk, I do have a lot of nostalgia for Verdansk. Spent a lot of good hours, got a lot of good years on that oh, on yeah. that island. But but Almazra, I think, is is really hitting, and I and it's a great map. A lot of different terrains, um, a lot of different vantage points. Uh, it, it, the one criticism of this game, it is the buggiest Call of Duty I have played. And there are major issues within Warzone that are not mechanical, but uh, just certain things like the audio issues. You don't hear anybody. We were playing earlier. We didn't hear a whole team just zip line up and like start running behind us. That's very frustrating. But other than that, um, this was a great outing from Call of Duty. I don't know in my mind of, I think this is better than the uh, original remake in 2019. I think I want to lean towards that one being a little bit better because I thought the campaign was a lot better than this. Yeah, that's fair. So, okay. So just kind of, kind of filtering through what you were saying, just adding on a little, little things here and there. So with the campaign, I agree kind of ended in a lackluster way. I think that it wasn't really the best decision to make it a non-traditional gameplay section. I think that's one of the things that really kind of held it there. Instead of kind of going out guns blazing, you end up doing this little kind of like stealth crafting section that feels a little odd. And then in terms of the cliffhanger at the end of the campaign, the raids are supposed to do some kind of story, but not really close anything off because basically what I think is the rumor is that the expansion in 2023 is going to basically be like the next segment of the campaign where it's not going to be a brand new title per se, but it's supposed to be an extremely huge expansion to the game. So I think we'll get the, the rest of the campaign then. I think Almazra is great. I love Warzone. MP is fine, but I'm a Warzone player. And then, you know, we're going to have Almazra for a year. And then the rumor is that we'll get, uh, what is it called? Las Almas as the... Los yeah, Los Almos as the uh, as the Mexico map. You can see a map of it in campaign. So that'll probably be the new Warzone map. Yeah, there are a lot of bugs. I agree. They're patching out a lot of them, but there are still some big ones that don't really make sense. I would say my biggest one would be that perks don't really work in Warzone, but it's specifically for premium players. So for all of us who purchase the game, perks don't work. But if you're playing the free version, your perks do work, which is odd. But these are just bugs they're going to have to try to iron out. Again, it's the kind of thing where, especially since it's Warzone, and I sink so much fucking time into it, I could literally talk about it forever. So I won't say that much about it. Just wanted to add on to the things you said. I do think it's really good. I think when we look back 
as a final package of everything added and all that stuff, I do think this will be better than 2019. I don't think it's as good as a launch. I agree. I think the campaign is better in the first one. And then I also think that the, you know, first kind of, uh, the first experience with Verdansk and Warzone was really special. But I think that a year of Almazra, and then if they do do the Mexico map and the second year is great, then I think this will definitely stand out better than that did. Cause even with Warzone, especially if the second map is good, yeah. cause well, and even, God, that was, well, and then we trash. just had Verdansk and Verdansk again for another year, but not that different. And then we had Caldera, but yeah, it's nice that both of us, I think picked this as number four. I think it's an excellent game. It's definitely a game. I've spent the most time with and will spend the most time with no question, but there were three games that I played that I thought were just very, that I'll remember like forever and mm-hmm. we're this year. So, so number three for you was Ghostwire, right? Yeah, so we can go to your number three. So number three for me was The Forgotten City. I fucking loved this game. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that that game. That game is so fucking unnecessarily good. So that game came out in 2021. I know that it was a a fan-made mod originally for Skyrim, but then they developed it more and made it into its own game. And so... I can't really say that much about it, to be honest, because a lot of the special stuff about it is going in not knowing. And actually, even when you start up the game, there's a message from the developers that say, like, you know, if you stream or whatever the case is, please don't share anything past this certain point in a game or make sure that you go in blind. And so gameplay is good. It's very interesting. All I will say is that... It is one of the most unique and original games and specifically stories that I've played. It's just like so interesting the way that you interact with the world and the way it interacts with you back. And it really wraps up in such like an incredible way. I don't really know another way to say you're just playing it and it's interesting and then it's good and then it's great. And then it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then you're left just like, wow, that was really, was really good. And so extremely would highly recommend that um that one is my number three only because the other two games uh on my list are more gameplay heavy and even though i love a great story if the gameplay is really really good that will get me just a little bit over that edge because you know i get a i get an adrenaline rush when uh, the gameplay is really good so forgotten city excellent game i would recommend it to absolutely everyone it's not difficult or really that obtuse um it is kind of puzzly but i like puzzly stuff so um it, it's really good but like annoyingly puzzle no. like are you gonna get frustrated or like kind of simple you could. like uh-huh. it makes you feel smart um it's not hmm. again it's the kind of thing where i want to be careful here it's not puzzly in the sense of it's not going to be like the witness right it's not like oh i'm gonna solve these puzzles that are like the puzzle itself is difficult it's more so learning the rules of the world and how you interact with it and how to complete the story if this makes sense because you can get through the game and not do very good and i'm going to be vague on purpose or you can get through the game and do really good and get like a really great ending and i got the best ending possible it's not hard to do you just kind of have to be thinking about it i don't know i don't want to say that much it's a really great game if you ever play it i'd be really interested to hear what you think about it I could see I could see somebody playing it and being like, well, it's a little since I don't fully understand it, not like like, oh, you gotta be a certain level to that's not what I mean. What I mean is like if you don't interact with it and that you don't really like 
the setup, I can understand it. I would say something else that I would say is, you know, it is a different game, but in the same sense of kind of like Deathloop, where if Deathloop doesn't click for you, then yeah, like it's hard to play it. Like this one, it. I mean, yeah, I I had the same issue this year with Deathloop specifically as I played it, the, and it didn't click for me, so I, f- I fell the off. The difference is Deathloop like will kill you, and like there's actually like yeah. barriers in the way. Forgotten City is not that way. It's not like you're gonna get frustrated. It's just like, can you figure it out or not? Figure. It out? I don't know. I don't want to talk that much. It's not hard. It's honestly anyone can play it. Anyone can beat it. And you, yeah, I would think most, if not everyone, would love it. It's just really good. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to give this a try. I completely forgot about this game. I didn't. I remember when you played it because you like loved it. But yeah, so that, good. That was that was a shocker for me. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is technically the highest rated game I have from this year is God of War Ragnarok. Um, this is the sequel to the highly anticipated uh, 2018 God of War. It was a game that I wasn't really that excited for in the beginning of the year wasn't really looking forward to it at all and then a playstation uh state of play happened before its release i would say like maybe a month or two before i would no, it would probably be like two or three months beforehand because i had enough time because so i watched this uh trailer for god of war and, and and it inspired me so much that i actually replayed the first one before going into the second one which i thought was a really good experience for this game i I'm kind of noticing that with Sony first party games, it kind of makes sense because they try to make their games like movies. What's the best thing to do before seeing a sequel? Watch the previous one so that way you can just you'll be as, as fresh as possible in your mind. You'll pick up on little nuances. And I did that with Last of Us and I did the same thing with God of War. And I think it paid off in both uh, in both um, aspects. But um, it's great. I think it builds on the combat in interesting ways um, without changing it too much or making unnecessary changes. Um, the story, I think, is... Just, I think the story is better. It tries to do more than the original game. The original game is very simple. This game is much more of like an action-adventure romp. Gotcha. I know you have to be vague because... Well, just in general, because it's a new game, but yeah. also I haven't played it. And so for anyone wondering, you know, why it's, it hasn't been on Mark's list list yet, that kind of stuff, I love it. But I am I haven't finished it and I'm not even halfway through it, so I would feel like a fraud putting it on my list. So at this point I'm sure you'll see it on a twenty twenty three list, but that's that's why it's not on my list. And I, I had it uh spoiled for me a number of times and continuous. So uh motivation is very low to get through it, but I, I wanna play it. And then um but yeah, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great game. But you know what I noticed something interesting with God of War games is that they're amazing and I and I, resp- and I respect them and I love them and I, I like, you know, I acknowledge them as great games. They're not like some people put them as like their favorite game of all time. It's not really like it's not that serious for me. I do think they're amazing, though, but I have never platinum either of them. And that was the goal of me replaying the first one is platinuming it. But I I, I did notice that I didn't have that urge to go back and platinum that game. Like usually when a game is like that great, I feel like I'm like, oh, I want to stay in this world and platinum it and get it done. But I did notice that. It's just an observation yeah. I had, had I mean, on the top of that. We both love them. I think that, you know, obviously I have to play this one, but the first one did grab me a little bit more. And I, I was like, holy shit, I love this so much. And I did platinum it um, like pretty quickly. And I will definitely, I know I'll do the same thing with this one. It's just a matter of actually sitting down and playing it. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that's enough about God of War, right? So what is it? Uh, what's your number? Oh, number two, yeah, for me, number two, two? for me is going to be Returnal. Now, oh, Returnal is on my list because so. I, you know, obviously this is 2021 game and I played it a ton in 2021, but I figure per the rules that we're going on, it is fair game for this because technically I wrapped credits on it in January of 2023 and because you do kind of have to play the whole game to finish it. So um, just in, in, in essence. And so, yeah, I mean, Returnal, Returnal was a, it's a sneaky, that's a sneaky one. It's a good one though, right? Because I get so to it's a, I get to say that it, I beat it surprised it. me. It is true. It's just, yeah, but it's a sneaky one. I would say a majority of your time playing it, you did play it in twenty one. But you put but... Uncharted one on your list. Yeah, but I replayed the whole thing. Uh, but I don't, yeah, but I replayed the whole thing too. That's what I'm saying. Returnal, you have to play the whole game. I know technically that's what I'm saying. It's a sneaky one. I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything You're wrong right. with your it's argument true. with what you said. But it is a sneaky anyway, one. Anyway, so this is a game that I really loved when I was playing it initially. And it was just, you know, really great. But then it was very crushing having a couple of runs where I'd get really far and then die. And it being like a number of hours. And then I was like, okay. So I yeah. put it down for a while. And then I came back to it. And I was like, okay, I'll keep trying. I want to finish it. And then I only loved the game more and more as I've gone through it. Because now I will play it and can get through almost all of it, if not all of it pretty easily it doesn't mean that the game is any easier it's just kind of like you get used to it and you learned it so much at a certain point where you're comfortable with it but i really like the way that it delivers its story and just it's such an it's such an original game in the sense that the way everything is like designed i feel like is really original like of course we've seen a bunch of alien things and we've seen space and we've seen sci-fi and ancient stuff but a lot of the things about it just feel original. Like uh, the game plays incredibly. And some of the boss fights, there's like a few that stand out specifically. I think for me, number three and number five are just like some of my favorite boss fights I've ever played in a game. I think number three, I really, really loved. I just thought it was a really cool mm, I don't, like setting for a boss fight. Really just an excellent game though. And uh, when I was looking through, yeah, games that I had finished, I was really happy. I was like, well, this one counts for this one. And it's going to be high up because I really, really love Returnal. It's one of those games, too. Yeah. None of, nothing will uh, nothing will get me over that line, like a game being difficult, but also having such excellent gameplay where I feel like its difficulty is earned because it's not cheap. It's just like you just have to be good enough to play it. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I would also um, I would second a lot of your comments. I did not beat the game. I only got to the second boss and loss every time I've gotten there. But uh, it's a it's a it's a striking game. It has a similar quality, I feel like, to um, Ghostwire Tokyo, where it does really truly make you feel isolated. And and that kind of like pulls you in. Like when you play Returnal, it's like a game that like infects your brain. Like you feel like you're the character, uh, how fast it gets you right into the next life. It's almost like shocking. Like you'll have like a fucking crushing loss and it's like fucking like get right back into the game. Like you don't even have time to think about it. Just keep on going. And it and then you get into a cycle playing it. So it's a very unique gameplay experience. I would definitely recommend everybody who has a PlayStation 5 to uh, play it and at least try it. I think it is on plus or coming to plus uh, extra tier. Um, so 
either of you haven't purchased it, that's probably always going to be on a sale now too. It didn't sell too hot. Um, I do agree with you that when you said earlier, where your top three games are not going to have a sequel, this will not have a sequel. And I think that that's cool. And I think that this is definitely going to be another underrated gem of this generation. Yeah, absolutely. This year in general is underrated. Yeah, I think people like but, people like to talk negative for sure, but that's like a whole another conversation. But this is an excellent game, and I, you know the difficulty will bar off a lot of people. But if you can get through it, it's it's really good. It's rewarding. I haven't beaten. It. I'm just speaking from from like watching you play. Like it was rewarding watching you play the game and get as far as you did. I mean, I've I just remember specifically the crushing like three four hour blow where I was like I got excited because I thought you were gonna beat the game and then that final that final boss is or that final uh that's not even the boss right that's technically the like world. the like main like a yeah like the world and then there's like a specific uh enemy that's just like kind of a piece of shit yeah exactly and that that's that's the thing where (laughs) when you learn it then it's not as bad but a lot of the there's there's such a high skill ceiling for returnal where you will learn how like you know where enemies are how enemies react to certain things dark souls just say it mark it's different it's different it's one of those things too where like you're saying like with momentum where dark souls is not really momentum none of those are there are a lot of you know know the boss that you're fighting and then stab dodge all that kind of stuff in this game eternal excellent movement and then the momentum too where when you run out of ammo or just when you're doing a reload you can time it where you'll get a perfect reload and then that perfect reload will like launch a secondary or will give you a stat boost and then again all with the it's all about momentum especially with returnal picking up certain things knowing which parasites to pick up knowing which ones to drop knowing which gun you want to unlock because if you unlock that gun it's going to be now in the loot pool and do you want to deal with that and uh it's just really really superb game when you really get into it like you said you did a really good way of describing that it makes you feel very isolated, especially since once you're mm-hmm. in it, you know that if you fuck up, you're going to lose like hours. And some people are like, it's stupid, but I don't, it's their decision. I don't think it's that dumb. It's just, it makes it more intense. And I really enjoy, I really enjoy that kind of shit. It's the same way like with Warzone, like I always enjoy it. It's because like that rush that you get when you're at the end. I know some of you yeah. uh, motherfuckers out there have like two wins since like the first war zone so you don't know what we're talking about but when you make it to the end you know it's a good rush so that is i think i know what your number one is and i agree with it heavily it's just a different (laughs) time but i want to hear what you got got to say about it my number one is uh death stranding the kojima production zone death stranding the first game he made outside of konami um fantastic game Another game that also makes you is very good at making you feel isolated. We like isolation. We like isolated games well, uh, for both. Our I was going to say another thing to say that is it, that is true. Isolating games, but I want to put up a, a positive, but also like definitely just another spin on it is that it also just means they're immersive. It means that they just create yes. a world that is believable and is original. Because again, we'll talk about this yes. a lot more. But Callisto Protocol, it doesn't ever really suck you in because it's not scary. So they are isolated, yeah. but they're just immersive in like the best way. There were moments playing Death Stranding that are scarier than Callisto Protocol. Like Death Stranding is a, um, it's an amazing game. Like I don't even know how to explain it. The combat is, I mean, there is actual combat, but the main uh, mechanic at the game of delivering packages is so addicting. And I don't 
know why it really grabs me i mean i platinum the game that's like i know you didn't go that crazy with it but i loved building all the roads and having like a like being able to just drive my like little trek all the way up and down the whole map and then just like finish like a super big package in under like 20 minutes um it was just really addictive and like the idea of like helping the world it's like it was a very positive message it's a really weird game to play after the pandemic and i know kojima talks about the pandemic affecting his writing with the second game but i played this game in obviously this year so kind of not after the pandemic but post peak of the pandemic where we were in and out of it but um it was just i don't know it was just a, a great game it caught me in the summer as i mentioned earlier with art full escape uh it was a sad boy summer so it was a perfect game to just kind of play you get in your head uh you just start thinking about things like you you, you become like you said, it's immersive. So you become Sam Porter. You're just like trolling around a mountain and just hanging out. He's like just whistling to himself and just talking to himself. There's something about this game that just, it just, if you, if it clicks with you, it's like a game that you'll never forget. And it's obviously going to be a, like a, a top five, top 10 game for you personally, like all time. But, um, it's just, it's just I amazing. Just, you, can, you can go on it. Yeah, if you I, want I just, to. I'm just talking. To I just wanted now. to make sure that I added that. I, I, I know that this is how you feel, but I was surprised that you didn't mention it. Is the story is fucking incredible. Like all of the oh, other the stuff is is, is definitely great. Like the the package delivery and making you feel connected to the the world and the other players placing items and making it easier and getting the likes as like a currency. It makes you feel really good when you play it and you're helping other people. But the story is like <laughs> it was so good. Like the story yeah. is like and and I know that some people that didn't really get into it are like oh it's just package delivery it looks boring. The story was so good that like Liz would always watch me play it. Watch me play the entire game. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of her favorite games that she's ever watched. And so when the next one, you know, got announced, even she's really excited. So I just wanted to make sure that I added yeah. I also think this game is fucking excellent. Uh just the, the story is so good. Really really good stuff. And again, immersive and it's something that is always going to get you in the top of any list is being unique and original. This is unique and original, yeah. almost all parts of it. Yeah, there's no other game that is like Death Stranding. There's uh, an issue, we're going to circle back to Callisto, is that it didn't feel original. There's a lot of things it pulls from. This is completely unique, completely original, no game like it. That's why the sequel has me and Mark both like super hyped for it because, A, if it's the same thing, it's still unique in its own right. But like, I don't need know what who we're gonna play as, what the gameplay is gonna be like. So, and it's a fantastic world. Um, Troy Bakeman's character is really cool. Like all the characters have cool iconography, whether it's their mask or like uh, fragile with like the spikes that come out of her, and then Troy Baker's character with the golden mask. Like everything is just top notch. It's a game that has a lot of thought and care put into it, even though for how simple it is with the mechanics and the emptiness of the world. And it's the game where it it doesn't even matter who you play as or what the next one's about. I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Definitely. But um, I feel like there's a little bit of similar qualities with the our number ones because they're both very unique. I didn't say my number one yet. But I know what your number one is. Yeah, I don't think it's similar, though. What, What do you think my number one is? See yeah, you. how's that similar to Death Stranding? Where it's like unique. There's no oh, other game okay, that's yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is original. Sorry, my bad. I I thought you meant it was similar to Death Stranding. I was like, huh? Does he think it's something else? No, I meant it's similar. 
I know. I meant that it's similar in terms of the they're both original. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. Uh, yeah, Sifu is like such an easy, obvious choice for me. It came out and then just completely sucked me in, like just a complete rabbit hole of just like it's all I would play. It's uh, it's it was the kind of thing where it was all I would think about too. Just like it's it, you know how your brain will work on puzzles and situations that you have to solve even when you're not actively doing them. And so this is the kind of thing where like when I was sleeping or I would wake up, I would immediately be like, okay, maybe I'll try this in this boss fight. Or maybe in this room, I'll, you know, I'll go to this guy first, then I'll grab this item and I'll do that. And so just a really excellent game. The gameplay is fucking top notch. The boss fights are so good and so difficult in the best way possible. They're not cheap. They're just like, you just have to be good enough. You've got to follow it. You've got to have good Twitch reactions, know what's going on. And then it's got a really good a really interesting mechanic of just that when you play, you start the game young and then every time you die, you age. And as you age, you have less health, but you also do more damage. And so it's got this nice flow to it where you'll get through a level. And let's say, you know, early on when I wasn't as good on it, let's say I finished the first level and I'm like 60, right? I'm sure it wasn't that bad, but let's say that that was the case. Well, okay, then... I can replay that level and let's say maybe I beat it now I'm 40. And so I'll go into the next level at a younger age. And so it got to a point where I would get through the whole game or close to the whole game and I would be like, okay, but I can just do a little bit better. I can just do a little bit better. And so then I would get to the point where like I would do the first level without dying once. And then I'd be really young going into the second level or really young going into the third. And then I'd just die a shit ton in one of the really hard sections. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I have enough years I can make it through and then just get on to, on to the next thing. But it's such a... It makes me smile like a little fucking kid like just thinking about when you're playing it, it's so kinetic and all of the fights that you get in feel very different, you know? And so I know that we keep fucking bringing it up, but like with Callisto, it's like dodge, dodge, hit. It's like every enemy. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen some great memes about that. But like with with uh, Sifu, you know, you'll learn some of the characters and then like some of the sub bosses, but like you'll continuously get into situations where you have to be thinking like, okay, fuck, what do I do now? What like, a, is there an item here that's going to help me? But you don't have time. Like it's not slow. Like they're going to rush at you. If you fuck up, you're going to be older. And then, it's really good. And the story, you know, it's not deep, but it's really interesting and it's good. A really cool art style, very unique, very pretty game. And it uses that really to its benefit later on where the game takes you to some scenarios and some locations that you wouldn't think of, especially when you first start the game. And so when you're fighting through those areas, it's just re- it's really beautiful. Really just top-notch game. I know this is, again, one of those situations where people are like, oh, it's too hard, like there needs to be an easy mode. I know that they've done a lot of stuff to the game and updates. I think they even might have added difficulties and that kind of stuff, so it's maybe easier for people to hop in now. But like that original hard experience is like where it's at. Because even if you don't make it that far, like even how... Like, Joel, I don't think, has really tried Sifu that hard yet. But even with Returnal, like, even when I was like, I can't get far in it, you still appreciate it because you're like, wow, I know this is a really excellently built game. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, Sifu is easily my number one. No question. It would be my game of the year. Elden Ring would never be a contender just because, like, you know, I'm probably never going to get far in it. But even if I beat God of War, to be honest, I still think Sifu would do it just because Sifu is, like, so special to me. So good. Yeah. I mean, 
after hearing you go on that rant about it, I want to actually like download Dude. it. Like you, the way you talk, every time you talk about that game, I'm like, fuck. Like I wish I, I haven't, I haven't given a true. I have not given it like an actual shot. I had like three beers in me and like played the intro and died a hundred times. And I was like, I don't like this game, but like I haven't given it a true, like actually try to get into a shot. And that's the thing where it's, it is frustrating. It is frustrating when you die a lot, you're going to die a lot because you can get, it's not, it's, um, it's one of those kind of things where like, if you get to an enemy that will fuck you up, they will fuck you up. And so like, if you don't stick with them, and kind of just go toe to toe with them. It can really put you down really fast. But one of the things that's nice is, you know, Returnal is a little bit more destroying because you're like, damn, that's hours that I got to do again. These levels, you can do these levels really quick if you're really good. But you get a lot of longevity out of like, okay, well, you know, I'm on level four, but it's getting really difficult because now I'm on level four at like age 60. And so I only have a certain number of deaths. And so I want to make that window bigger. So then you want to go back and do better in previous levels so that when you get up to that point, you have more lives and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, personally, if you went back and played it, even if you couldn't really get into it, like I, there's nothing about it that I could imagine you disliking. Like it's audio is really good, mm-hmm. very unique. Story is really interesting. Good motivation to get through the levels. It looks really beautiful. There's a lot of side shit and extra. Sh- there's a lot of extra stuff to do once you finish the game and want to do more stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Really good. Especially, I would say that it's one of the few games where I really do think that every single level gets better. That's cool. And I, I think that's very rare. I think that there are a lot of games where you'll play them and they'll hit a lull. This is a game that I definitely think every single level gets better. Every level gets cooler or more difficult or just like something about it. And it shows a really good restraint where when it starts getting crazy, it doesn't go too crazy and it pulls back a little bit, but it gets crazier in other areas. And then like, it's just, uh, it's really good, really special game. I really wish that, more people talked about it but i feel like it's kind of like returnal where it's just like not enough people got through it to talk about it and then we end up having fucking stray which i did platinum as a game of the year contender little fucking kitty cat game dude i saw somebody yeah. sorry I, this is a side tangent i'll be quick here but i saw i dude i saw i was at target and i saw somebody wearing a stray t-shirt what the I fuck? Like, are I we mean, really... yeah, that game is weird. It's, yeah, it's an industry plant. I'm telling yeah. you. Are we really fans of it like that? But, but uh, that's my list. So, that, was, that sounds like a great list. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing about how Sifu has you thinking about it outside of the real world. These are, I just flipped up my notepad where I had my games written on it. This is DS Roads. These are me writing down the actual materials I need for Death Stranding Roads and crossing it out physically on notepad and paper. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. So when when the games are, when the games grab you like that, that I mean that's that's what gets you at that number one spot. That's what the mo- that's what is always going to be your most memorable game of the year. It's, I agree. If you can get one, you're lucky. Uh, I love yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Man, so good. But uh, yeah, that's the wrap up for 2022. That's the official cap on it from Go for Bronze. We have covered our favorite games of that year, and now we're ready to explore what the new year has. Uh, definitely a lot of fun options. Yeah, check out all the games that we mentioned. Form your own opinions on them. Check them out. But go ahead. You know, obviously start at the number ones. Don't Peace. be cute and be me and try to start at the number tens. Start yeah, at number ones. There's no point. Play Death Stranding. Play Sifu. You know, and I, I like that 
our list is varied in the sense that you're going to play, you know, God of War and you're going to try Elden Ring, but there are these other games that you might not have tried that you want to give some attention to. Death Stranding is really special yeah. and obviously Sifa. I think they're both very good lists. But um, that's all we have for you, boys and girls and everyone, everybody. Uh, have a great night. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze Media, LLC. Always striving for... Hit us up on Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod. Instagram, Go for Bronze Pod. You have my dreams. That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod. Also, our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze. This is the big dog. Until next time.